take a look? All my own rare editions have the same protagonist, the devil. Only the supreme masterpiece was missing. The Nine Gates is a kingdom of shadows. A book reputed to have been written by Satan himself. I want you to go to Europe. I want you to get it for me. You mean the devil won't show up? Sway, sway. <laughs> All right. Hello, everyone. Howdy. Welcome back to Duck and the Usher. We are. Uh, we have a guest today. The one, the only, the man with the plan. Our artiste. Yeah. Yeah. We're uh, his muse. His, yeah, I was about to say uh, that. Yeah. More we're, like it. We're like the we're like the Vedicis or the Medicis, and you're our Leonardo yeah. over there. Uh, yeah. Chris is, Chris Rios is joining us. Hey guys, pa- what's going on? Glad to be back here on Duck and the Usher. From the Paper Crowns, Paper, Paper Crowns, Paper Pod- Crowns podcast on the Rio's verse. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lovely day outside. Yeah, we're outside, so you might hear the wind blowing because we have a fan. It's Florida; it's like ninety-three degrees. Yeah. But the sun's going down. Yeah, it's actually not that bad with the the umbrellas you got. The shade's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. he's got like mad parasols going up. <laughs> <clears throat> people, All right, people are you thinking guys, I'm just uh, like in a dress holding a parasol. Just oh, what a lovely day today. <laughs> I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys doing well? Uh, Had a good, I'm, good I'm couple doing weeks. Great, man. You know, and and uh, I think uh, the three of us have been well in touch, especially with uh, uh, my uh, the newest episode of the Paper Crowns podcast, where I revisit you guys. Yeah, is going to be dropping tonight. Oh, snap. so so yeah. I mean, we've had a, a great conversation, checking up on each other throughout yeah. the quarantine, and and I like seeing, the last one. seeing what we've been been through. So yeah, yeah. right on. All right, you guys uh, taking in? Or is anybody is anybody back to work? I know. Uh, I know you're going back to I'm work. I'm going back to work you're tomorrow. Back to work. I'm so yeah. pumped about that. Yeah. yeah. My job called me. They're like, "Do you want to go back?" And I was like, "I'm gonna wait." And they were like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Right. Well, I mean, if you're, you know, you got. Uh, I mean, they they don't they won't have enough business to facilitate, you know, twenty servers on the floor. So. True that. They're like, you're helping us out by saying you're you're willing to wait a little bit longer. Yeah, lo- and I said, a, okay. <laughs> a lot of restaurants are. I, I tried to order like Outback online just because I was like, I want some Outback, and mm. I looked on their menu. Dude, they cut down their menu. There's like. Two things from like you can it's choose like from like four limited? app. Yeah, very limited. Like seafood, you get some salmon. You want a burger? It's <laughs> a you know regular what? burger. I think <laughs> it's because, and I was thinking about this. Somebody when they got slammed with Mother's Day. Yeah, I they saw got that. they got fucking they got raped, raped. And I think what it is though, especially when the restrictions that are still in place, restaurants have to operate at least at like eighty percent capacity to make money. Yeah, because when you're open and you're operating and you're not, you know making a profit and you're spending money on product and labor and you know staffing and all that stuff if you don't have enough business coming in to account for that and then some you're going to go under faster than just being simply close because you're not spending money yeah so that was kind of the the drawback for a lot of businesses that are don't have corporate backers you know mom and pop places are like we're allowed to open but we fucking can't yeah (laughs) because it would be you know we're going to lose money from being open and not getting enough business to you know generate what we need. Yeah, I, I can't go back to work until the restaurants are seventy five percent just for trivia. So you got like what another two or three weeks before yeah. that? Well I mean I, I gotta wait basically for phase two because bars aren't even open. And well, bars will be open at fifty percent, but even tomorrow. at fifty they're not tomorrow. Yeah, it's going fifty percent tomorrow, bro. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because I haven't seen shit on that. 
Yeah, right. I'll well, look it up. What again. I understand. Yeah. And, and when he means tomorrow, we're recording this on Sunday. You guys are hearing it. Like, yeah, it's you guys 17th. are hearing. Yeah. You guys like, are hearing this. What like the hell are they talking about? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> These guys are in the past. Yeah, we're, we're recording a little early because Fish has to go back to work. We want to make sure. Yeah, and I think Josh is going to have a little vacay. I, w- I, w- I was, I was going to have a vacay. Oh, you, you're not anymore. No, I my uh, my aunt kind of messed up the scheduling uh-huh. for my condo, and my cousin will be there, so I'm I'm going to go on the 29th. Fucking so. guy with a condo over here. Yeah, yeah. well, my family's on it forever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, you, you guys, guys, was you guys watch anything? Uh, that recently? was my question. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, looking at me. Hey, <laughs> hey why don't you, uh, yeah, start you know, off. Honestly, uh, I, I've been, uh, I've been, I was kind of honey dicked by Netflix, <laughs> being like all the Studio Gilby movies are are going on Netflix, and I was like, this is awesome. Not in the U.S. Market. And then not in the U.S. bitches, and I was like, what? Get that VPN so, shit. So what? Well, I know, right? But I, I just went ahead and uh, on PlayStation they had like eight of eight movies for like seventy bucks. For, from Ghibli? From Ghibli, yeah. So oh, I got that, and I've just been watching those and just loving those over and Dude, over again. my favorite movie growing up was Totoro. Mm-hmm. I watched oh. that shit like, and, endlessly. And if like I say uh, a movie that was horrible <laughs> that I watched, Gemini Man, which was uh, uh, Will Smith's last movie. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. I, He's had a succession even... of stinkers for like oh, the last man. 10 years. He goes up money, against like, his money. younger self, and, and just this one part alone, I talked to Beryl about it on our mm-hmm. phone call, but it's like, you remember in The Matrix 3, or yes. even even worse, the Matrix Two when Neo wasn't you know Keanu Reeves and just like cartoon Neo. Yeah. And they had cartoon Neo fighting cartoon people. Yeah. They have a scene like that. So instead of having two dudes uh-huh. fight it out and then like superimposing Will Smith, it's yeah. already a dark room. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and superimposing Will Smith's face on both bodies, they just animated two Will Smiths <clears throat> fighting each what? other, and it looks like garbage. So it was just two CGI Will Two CGI Smiths. people fighting. You know, that you, you hmm. remind me of something. Uh, there was a fan theory on Reddit about The Matrix Reloaded and, and the second one, uh, or the third one. Um, so in the, the big burly brawl in the courtyard when he's fighting all those Smiths, yeah. the reason, the, a, a good reason to explain away why it looks so rubbery and dumb is the lag is because yeah. the, the matrix itself was experiencing uh rendering issues really yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think that's a good way to look at it it's you know? a cop out yeah oh, come on <laughs> yeah it's a it's a our servers were overloaded trying to make this josh what have you been watching yeah, oh, Josh. i watched the gentleman i don't know if i mentioned that last yeah, i think cast. you did mention it last, last time cast. yeah i watched but. the money pit I decided to uh, okay. money pits. A little uh, old school action. Old classic. Uh, Steven Spielberg uh, produced it. Didn't know that. Yeah. And uh, Tom Hanks. I mean, can't go wrong with Tom Hanks. <clears throat> All right. Uh, I've been watching Rick and Morty. The new season? That. Yeah. Or the second half of the, the Yeah, catching recent? up. Yeah. From I haven't break. seen that yet. Midnight Gospel I checked out on Netflix. Yes. This is Duncan Trussell's jam. I love Duncan and Trussell. It's, it's a big throwback to- My brother's to, been talking about that. It's a big throwback to like Dr. Katz, home movies. Oh, cool. Where it's like conversation. It's it's very podcast oriented. So it's like Duncan, yeah. Trussell, Duncan Trussell's podcast. Um, and then they animate- they animate with uh, oh fun ho- homeboy who did Adventure Time uh, Pendleton Ward. I for- I don't know his name. Yeah, yeah. So the guy who created Adventure Time teamed up with Duncan Trussell, and they do these cartoons where it's kind of like over Duncan Trussell's conversations with these people. Okay. And uh, and the whole premise of it is that Duncan Trussell, his character, is going into a simulated world and yeah. finding people in these simulated worlds and learning about their life. Okay. And then taking that information back to the his real world mm-hmm. and putting it out like a podcast. And okay. uh, oh yeah, it's it. The first one's with Doctor Drew, and he kind of goes into like this zombie world, mm-hmm. and it's super crazy. And then you also have um, a bunch of people that that are on there as well. 
All and right. Joey Diaz does like one of the voices for oh, like great. a character in each episode. It's hilarious. So. That dude, that dude consumes so much THC. I, but, uh, I, I don't know how he does that. But shit. for you people who are listening and you love deep conversation and you like podcasts, especially and just anything that's uh, interesting to learn to get into, mm-hmm. definitely check out Midnight Gospel. It has some okay. some crazy meaning yeah, to it. I watched Sahara also. Oh, that's a good movie. Yeah, that's fine. I like that one. I own it. That, so like, that should have been. It was part of like the Dark Pit series of yeah, books. I, for, I forget the guy the author and who did it. I, uh, Clive Cussler. Yeah, there you go. Uh, it was supposed to be a whole <laughs> ass series. Like, he was like Dutch, huh? Yeah, <laughs> I haven't read them. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm well, not Steve a big Zahn. fiction reader. I love Steve Zahn in that movie. And like, Steve Zahn was, always plays Steve Zahn. Yes. All right. So, <laughs> <laughs> I've been. Uh, I dove into Black Mirror finally, uh, and that is a real bleak and depressing show, uh, and and it's. It's quite good. Uh, on, it's on, on it's par a with beautiful like, modern day yeah. Twilight Zone, and you can see that some of those things are starting to happen. Some of that nowadays. tech is like eerily like uh, prescient. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, I watched the Thirteenth Floor. Speaking of uh, simulations, mm-hmm. uh, I've been on a sort of neo noir kick. I really, really dig movies like that uh, that are kind of in that vein. This movie we're talking about today is also kind of like a noir, so I'm digging that. Uh, I watched Wicked City, which is this old anime from 1987 that's really strange and, like, sexually charged kind of movie. Uh, (laughs) Check that out. And I watched this shit called We Are What We Are, where it's about this, like, hyper-religious family, this, like, fundamental guy who lives out in the woods with his daughters, and he's like a cannibal. Hmm. And his neighbor finds out that he had killed and eaten his daughter. And then his his daughters sort of rebel against him finally, and at the end of the movie, they like fucking eat him. They eat their father. Poetic Spoiler justice. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, and that's that's pretty much it. So I forgot I watched Motherless Brooklyn, the uh, the one the oh, Ed yeah. Norton one. Norton. That was yes. that was great. It, uh, it looked amazing. It was really good. Like him him playing a guy with Tourette's. I mean, it was yeah Tourette's in that movie. Holy yeah, shit. it's it's awesome. I mean. I mean, he's not like you know, fuck shit, motherfucker, or anything like that. But it's, it's <laughs> it it's an all star cast, and it talk about and when you mentioned noir films. I was like, oh shit, what did I watch yeah. recently that was very noir? But this Brooklyn. Is that pretty noir? Yeah, because oh, yeah. it, it's okay. set in like the nineteen forties, something like oh, that. Oh, tight. It's it, I liked it. Nineteen thirties. Uh, our right. movie today is the Ninth Gate. Yes. Yes. Um, it came out in nineteen ninety nine, two thousand. Because I think there was a it real. I think it came out in the U S. in two thousand. Uh, yeah, I saw two different ones. So yeah. there's a European release and then a U.S. release. That's right. So when we put it up, it'll say 2000. I won't say 1999. IMDb 6.7 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes 43 percent. Three mm. out of five on Empire Magazine. Uh, it was released in the U.S. on March 10th, 2000. Uh, directed by Roman Polanski. The budget was 38 million. The box office was 58.4. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, another movie that um, I was going to look at movies that came out that. That year, but I think we've done a 2000 movie. I mm-hmm. did want to say that the we'll talk more about like 99. The next movie that Polanski did after this, because this movie didn't do that great. The next movie yeah. was The Pianist, which pretty mm. much swept yeah. the nation. And yeah. I also was reading up. I know you're going to talk about Polanski later. Sure. Um, that the Academy of Motion Picture and Arts kicked him out in yes. 2018. I didn't yeah. know that. I saw that. I was like, oh, two years ago. Two years ago. So it's kind of. Uh, I'm sure Fish will talk about. Some of the reasons why. Yeah, <laughs> I definitely will. Yeah, there's, in fact, it, there's a lot of history with Polanski. Yeah. I, do got, I do got a good little setup for everything about Mr. Polanski and uh, the source material for this this movie. Go for it. Let me to take it away. Okay. Shoot. 
Uh, the Ninth Gate. First of all, this movie was introduced to be about 20 years ago. Me and my best friend at the time like watched it. And it shouldn't have been one of those movies where my 13-year-old self enjoyed it. Came out 20 years ago. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, was, I was 13. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> it shouldn't have been a movie that my 13-year-old self would have enjoyed, but I did. And I think I've watched it at least 50 times or something close to that. Really? I really love this movie. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. If I can say just before you jump in, it's just yeah. what I knew about this movie was that, one, it had something to do with hell. <laughs> it had Johnny Depp in it. Yeah. And the trailer had that Foxy blonde that was like wiping her hair back. Yeah, that's Pol- yeah, yeah. That's and Polanski's I was like, wife. That's his current wife. Yeah, that's too. his current <laughs> wife. Get they it. Married in 1989. Yeah, I they think. married in 89 too. Yeah. And she's I like 20 years his junior, something mm-hmm. like that. or more. He's maybe. a weird. He's a weird looking dude. He's 85. Yeah. So oh. when you guys were like, we're doing this movie, I was like, okay. And then <laughs> yeah, uh, you didn't seem too yeah. thrilled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then after I watched it, I was like, oh, this is like my jam. Wait, right? So, but like he comes in, Fish comes in, and he goes, yeah, I don't, I don't know if Rios is really gonna enjoy. <laughs> being on this he said he didn't like it i was like actually he texted me like 20 minutes ago he's like did you get that scene with the two guys talking because yeah, you gotta yeah. get that scene yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah the ninth gate is a 1999 film 2000 whatever by roman polanski it's a mystery thriller about a rare book dealer tasked with investigating the authenticity of a book purported to have the ability to conjure the devil himself uh it's an international co-production between the united states portugal france and spain uh, and the film is loosely based on Arturo Perez Reverte's 1993 novel, The Club du Mar, uh, about an antiquarian book dealer, Lucas Corso, uh, who is hired to authenticate a rare manuscript by Alexandre Dumas, um, the guy who wrote Three Musketeers, mm-hmm. for all you dummies out there. <laughs> <clears throat> Corso's investigation in the novel leads him to seek out two copies of another rare book known as De Umbrarum Regni. Novum Portis. <laughs> I didn't. I, I slept through Latin, and uh, all of uh, which translates to "of the nine doors of the kingdom of shadows." Uh, during his adventure, he meets devil worshippers, obsessed bibliophiles, and a hypnotic femme fatale. With many of these elements finding their way into the script and the film, with the exception of the main thread about Alexander Dumas. <clears throat> One of the uh, three movies, this is actually one of three movies of an unholy trinity that came out in 1999, including End of Days and Stigmata. Ah, yes. Stigmata. Dude, I got, a, jam. I got a really funny story about Stigmata. <clears throat> so when that movie came out, my brother and I were staying at my mom's house, and he couldn't remember the name of this film he was looking for. And he's like, it's really funny. There's a poop monster. <laughs> <laughs> and so we rent Stigmata. And that was that not wasn't it. it no. Yeah, that wasn't dogma. It. I he was thinking. Really yeah, dogma. he was thinking of dogma. <laughs> and we rented Stigmata, and I'm sitting there watching with my mom, and we're like, "When is the shit?" And monster my brother's coming? Yeah, I'm like, "Who's the poop monster?" I'm like, you know, in 2000, so I'm 12 years old watching Stigmata. Like, this is freaking me out, man. It was I remember, an okay movie though. Yeah, I liked. Movie. I, I liked all it. three of those movies. And what's what's cool about that year? With the significance of these three sort of like biblical thrillers, it's it's nineteen ninety nine, six six six, upside down and backwards. Yeah, I you know remember that was that was the promo for End of Days. Yeah, it was like we got it wrong. We thought it was six 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 nine 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 nine. I told my son about that, and he was like, "They don't make stuff like that." And is, I was like, "Yeah, that, they do." <laughs> is, that, is that why Prince wanted to party like it was nineteen ninety nine? Of course, yeah, bro. dude. I like how that move that sh- that song is also still retroactively cool because like before it was like let's party like it's the future. Future. And now it's like, let's party like let's it's the party past. Like the past. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. everybody's like, either way. It's a good idea, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so similarly, there was uh, another movie in 2008 with a similar plot called uh, Francisco Maltese. Uh, and then John Carpenter had a movie called Cigarette Burns from the Masters of Horror series 
with a similar plot as well, but in this, he's searching for a rare film. Hmm. <clears throat> Cigarette Burns alludes to the, uh, boop, that little, that yeah. pops up in the, uh, Little corner. Fight Club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just splicing in single frames of pornography. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, director Roman Polanski, this was, uh, I forget what number of movie this was, but uh, Polanski was actually born Raymond Thierry Liebling. So Roman Polanski isn't even his real name. Well, I'm sure it's his real name now. Uh, he's also known for the uh, movies Repulsion um, and Rosemary's Baby and The Tenant, all three of which are part of the Apartment trilogy. Uh, it's a trinity of horror films that have a shared setting of an apartment where the horrors of each film unfold, evoking a claustrophobic feeling due to its confines. Uh, some of his other more famous works are The Fearless Vampire Killers from 67, uh, uh, starring Sharon Tate, who was then not married to him, but I think shortly thereafter they did get married. And still alive. And yeah, she was still alive then too, yeah. Uh, he also did Macbeth in 71, Chinatown in 1974, speaking of noir films, that mm-hmm. one's quite good. Uh, he did a movie called Pirates in 86 with Walter Matthau. Yeah, he left, he left the States after Chinatown. Wasn't it? <clears throat> he left just after, yeah, yeah, yeah just somewhere after around there. Here. It was like 1978. Yeah. Um, then he did a movie in 88 called Frantic with Harrison Ford. Uh, and that's where he met Emmanuel Siegner. If I'm saying Sonnier, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Uh, and then, of course, The Pianist in 2002, An Officer and a Spy uh, in 2019. is, his, she's is his also. Most, uh, his most recent film. Yeah, the, his wife is in that movie <clears throat> also. Which I think its original title is Jacques. I don't, I, I, again, I didn't. I didn't sleep. I slept through French too. <laughs> and then he Latin did a and French. Aren't yeah, he well. did a, the Ghost Rider in 2010 as well with Pierce Brosnan and Ewan McGregor. Uh, so here's a little backstory on Polanski. Uh, Polanski was born in 1933 in Paris. Uh, his Polish Jewish parents moved the family from Paris to Krakow in 1937, and two years later, Poland was invaded by the Nazis, beginning World War II, and the Polanskis found themselves trapped in the Krakow ghetto. What a crazy thing, man. Yeah, super crazy. Uh, His mother and father were taken in raids, presumably to nearby Auschwitz. So Polanski uh, spent his formative years in foster homes under an adopted identity, trying to survive the Holocaust. Poor guy had a a lot of shit happening to him, like right off off the bat. He's got some shit that happens to him later on, too. Oh, you bet. Eventually, he would uh, make his first feature film debut in uh, 1962 with a movie called Knife in the Water which was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Foreign Language Film. Uh, he has since, or after that, he was nominated for at least five Oscars, two BAFTAs, four Caesars, a Golden Globe, and the Palm d'Or. After moving to the States in 1968 and creating a name for himself with Rosemary's Baby, he experienced some terrible shit when in 1969, his pregnant wife Sharon Tate and four friends were brutally murdered by members of the Manson family. After her death, he returned to Europe and eventually started directing again, making movies in England and then back in Hollywood with Chinatown, which was nominated for 11 Academy Awards. Then, in 1977, he was arrested and charged with drugging and raping a 13-year-old girl. He pled guilty to the lesser offense of unlawful sex with a minor, and after 42 days of psyche vows in prison while awaiting sentencing and expecting probation, Polanski fled to Paris after learning the judge was going to reject the plea deal and had a and uh, hand out a prison term, which is weird. He fled to France, and I'm like, that's not a non extradition like country. I'm surprised we never really went after him. Uh, there's probably well, more to it. There is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know if you were out of town. All right. <laughs> um, 
Where was I? Okay. So, uh, yeah, he went to Paris after learning the judge was going to reject the plea deal, and a number of other women have also accused Polanski of rape as well. So, since 1978, he has been a fugitive from the American justice system. Uh, so that's quite a long time for that to happen. Uh, while still making movies since then, he was a member of the uh, Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences until 2018, just two years ago, when they finally voted to expel him. Um, he's been making movies for close to 60 years, if you can believe that. Mm -hmm. uh, that's quite a career. Uh, and he was actually arrested again in 2009 <laughs> while in Switzerland at the request of U.S. authorities held for two months but the Swiss rejected the request for extradition, and as of February 2020, he remains the subject of an Interpol red notice issued in 1978 after fleeing the U.S., limiting his movements to France, Switzerland, and Poland. And this is what blows my mind is that... Uh, Isn't like the statute of limitations up for that, or if you're just well, you're wanted, you're wanted? Yeah, and actually yeah. what's crazy about it is the woman, I can't remember her name, but like she, he settled out of court with her, like some her a bunch large of money. Yeah. sum of money, Obviously, she had some, you know, trauma from it, or, or maybe not so much. But was it one of the actresses in his movie? Or I don't I recall. Know, it was a Thirteen-year-old girl. Yeah, 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 it's bad. It's bad. However, you want to slice it. Well, no, but, I was just wondering, like, if it was like an actress and he took advantage of that, or you know, I'm not sure. I, I what I want, what I want, what I think it was was he probably. It was probably. I, I don't want to speculate that it was we, we, consensual. We don't know what was going on. I mean, he but, says he was consensual. That's why he goes, okay, yeah, I stash, did. Stash, for I sure. I didn't rape anyone. <clears throat> but, but since I, then, all of these like calls for his return to the U.S., there's a lot of people that defend him. Clearly, he's getting a lot of work uh, with that, That's know, what I'm saying. Is actors. That, uh, all that going on, I mean, especially in, in this thing where, yeah. you know, Louis C.K. can do what he did and then get pretty much destroyed and never be able to work right. again. Yeah. This well, guy's you, like, Especially, right. I'll still make a movie, and people are like, "Great, yeah, we're we're okay with that." <laughs> Especially in the climate with the Me Too thing, that's sort yeah. of like what I think that's what the 2018 up. is probably why they it uh, definitely is. Them out. Polanski himself has even uh, like said that he he blames uh, Weinstein for you know kind of like reigniting the 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 fervor to to get him back and uh, extradite him back to the states. Well, and even to. even the victim herself has gone on record lately now to be like, "Leave the guy alone." Yeah. It's all over and well, done I, with. I think the point it doesn't is, excuse is, it, but yeah. you know, everybody's yeah, she's, like, she's yeah. probably like, "That's in the past. I don't want to relive any of that." Yeah, crap. yeah, you're making yeah. it worse by making me, you know, have to talk about it all. And the even time. more so, probably the 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 need to still go after him probably has nothing to do with his crime, but with the fact that he just skipped out. <clears throat> oh yeah, it's probably <laughs> uh, sticking in the craw of the American justice system yeah, because yeah. they're like, "Motherfucker, yeah, you don't escape." <laughs> yeah, so there, there's there's the backstory on Polanski. Uh, I I, uh, I haven't seen a whole lot of his movies, but the ones I have seen are yeah, pretty good. I, I like The Pianist a lot. Yeah. I think that's probably one of my favorites. I notice you're very carefully saying pianist. Pianist. Yes. <laughs> Not pianist. Yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure Rosemary's Baby freaked me out when I was a kid. It's been, it's okay. been years since I thought I've you seen never that actually movie. saw the child in the movie. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember. I don't remember. I remember sitting on the couch with my mom uh -huh. and her being like, we're going to watch this for some reason. And I'm, me being a little kid and being yeah. like, why did I do this? <laughs> why are you? Why am I here, Mom? Yeah, you know. And but that's that's how it was. She introduced me to Dune as well. Oh, fantastic! Oh, yeah, she was good at putting adult things in my face. <laughs> <laughs> movies, that's, movies. That's what Polanski did. <laughs> Put adult things in children's faces. But yeah, I, I anyway, think, bad uh, joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, do you want to carry us carry us away? All right. So the movie opens up. 
uh, Lion, is it Lionsgate? Uh, this, I don't remember. I no, think it was I a lot recall. of like no, I don't private. It was, private a, stuff. it was a it was a big concerted effort. I've been watching. I've been watching a lot of TV recently, so it could be whatever. Oh, oh, don't push that button. So uh, we op- <laughs> we open up to this guy. He's in his. He's in a room. Yes. Nice, nice fucking study. Yeah. He's got books all over the place. He's writing a little note. Mm-hmm. You see a footstool. It's kind of an old man. And then we see that there is a noose tied to a chandelier. He finishes the note, gets mm-hmm. on the chandelier, rocks himself, hangs himself. You can see, I, even I think my roommate's like, I don't think that chandelier is going to hold. And yeah. it's even great because the chandelier goes, like almost yeah. tries to rip off the wall. Guy hangs himself. Yeah, so and then it goes, then it goes through these credits, and it goes through. Does it go through nine gates? It, it does goes, go through nine does, gates. Yeah, because I didn't count. We were like, because I, I was I writing down, and I'm like, I think it goes through nine gates. So there's mm-hmm. a lot going on in this scene. I wrote down it's really long. It's pretty. <laughs> it's it's a pretty quick little scene, but there's a whole lot of little bits of symbolism whole lot in of little it. Bits, yeah, and uh, well, the, the, first of all, the gentleman's name is uh, is Andrew Telfer. That's the character's name. He's played by Willie Holt. Uh, Willie Holton is actually an American production designer, art director, and actor who lived in France and was involved extensively in the uh, French film industry. Uh, he got a nom for uh, an Oscar for Best Art Direction in the film Is Paris Burning in 1966. Uh, and he won a Caesar for Best Production Design for the movie Au Revoir Les Enfants. Uh, and then he passed away, sadly, in 2007. No. Um, but the camera right away focuses on the stool. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the first thing that it focuses on. And I think that could allude, may allude to the what, what's called a stool pigeon or a decoy or a person who draws others into a net. Uh, it's, it's usually used in police work mm-hmm. um, because that is the, the setup that draws the audience into the story. Yes. Uh, the camera pans up. As you said, there's a noose on a light fixture. Uh, and in ancient Rome, death by hanging was considered particularly shameful. Uh, those who died by this method were refused burial. Um, and he completes his suicide note. Uh, it's a black and white photo, which could symbolize moral dichotomy. That's a picture of his wife on the desk. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he shuffles over to the stool, which I think kind of is him shuffling off the mortal coil. Yeah, yeah. he's also you wearing know? like some slippers. Those things are never the easy slippers. to walk on. <laughs> you ever walk with like hotel slippers? Like, like, oh, they're eh, great. Eh. Uh, and this is also cool, too. So um, the lights go out when he hangs himself, which is... Probably a, a little symbolic thing of uh, loss of life, the light going out because he's dying. Uh, and his slippers say AT on them, which are his initials. And he kicks off the left slipper, which could indicate he can no longer walk the left-hand path. Because in Western esotericism, left and right-hand paths are two opposing uh, approaches to magic. Well, we we also have the initials later on, AT. <clears throat> That's yeah. true, yeah. So. I just remember, I just... Yeah. That was my oh my god moment for this episode. <laughs> um, I was like, wait a minute, AT? <gasps> I love how you dude, Chris's notes are so like organized, and I'm just like, I got a, I got a messy mind. <laughs> so yeah, the the left and right, the the, the kicking off of the left shoe uh, is also kind of similar to like the Masonic in, initiation, where they wear like a slipper or a shoe, the blue slipper. I'm not entirely like 100 percent on what that is, but uh, the left hand path is associated with black magic. Uh, it could also be a rejection of that path by casting it off. Or unloosing one's shoe is a way of confirming a contract. And then the camera sweeps across his collection of books, uh, <laughs> which is knowledge. And you, um, yeah, and you notice that there's one book missing. Yeah, and his suicide could be a failure to uh, grasp, grasp that knowledge or meaning. And as we go into the title sequence, the camera itself 
moves into the darkness, the space between the books. Mm-hmm. So you're delving into knowledge, yeah. delving into the shadows. Mm-hmm. Which it, is, and then it goes through, yeah. And that's I, what the nine gates are supposed to symbolize is, is the path to enlightenment. In a way, in a way, yeah. And the, the there's, I mean, the credits are very long because you're going through these nine gates. I, mm-hmm. I felt like it took forever. It did. It, it was a classic, a classic you know, old, opening credit sequence. Yeah, which very pre Star Wars, very pre Star yeah. Wars kind of credit. Um, and then we shoot to New York City, where um, mm-hmm. we meet our main character Johnny Depp, who is Dean Corzo, mm-hmm. and uh, he's he's at this. Uh, He's basically at a, like a at a state sale type of thing. Yeah, he's, and a, he's he's looking at these books. He's like, hey, you he's know, appraising. He's appraising these books, and he grabs like a whole collection of Don Quixote books, and he's like, yeah, you could sell all this stuff for you know, I wouldn't take more than six grand for this, this, and this. But these books, uh, you know, I'll just take them off your hands yeah, right the, now. The you know, here's some cash. You know, yeah. <laughs> these aren't worth shit, and he's yeah. ripping them off pretty much. And and as he leaves, when he takes the books, as he leaves, there's another like appraiser yeah, coming in, guy. and he's like, you took the coyotes, didn't you? And he goes, yep. Like that type yeah. of thing. And he's like, fuck you, you're a, you're a cheapskate. But he wasn't even like, he, he had a very <laughs> cartoony voice. He was like, you're a cheapskate. How did you do that? can believe you do that. That actor's name's Alan Garfield. He had just gotten over a stroke. Oh, really? Yeah. That's like totally true. Well, you know. Also, what's great about this scene, too, is you sort of get a... What do you got? Oh, I was gonna say, and also when he buys the books for like that really cheap price, like forty two hundred bucks. Yeah, the the guy in the wheelchair who's He's like, like who's had like out. a stroke yeah, yeah. and he can't talk. It, it shows him like the the owner of these books. You see him like cringing, like grabbing his. Yeah, so mm-hmm. a bit He's more like description for that scene off. is uh, these these kids or, or you know these these kids' father had a stroke and yeah. Johnny Depp is there to appraise the books, appraise to help his collection. Sell, yeah. yeah, and so. He's like, why do you want to get rid of this? this is a great collection. They're like, well, you know, he's paralyzed. He, he's not going to need it anymore. You can't read them. Yeah. And, and, you know, we don't really need this anymore. And that's when he's like, all right, well, you know, like I said, you know, 600000 is is definitely what it's worth. But these books here are yeah, garbage. Yeah, just garbage. <laughs> and, yeah, and, you, and you see the guy in the stroke and he's just grabbing his yeah. pants. He's you like, see son him, of a bitch. Yeah, like, like that's the prize collection. <laughs> yeah. of, you know. I think he knew that he had these people in his pocket because there's a, there's a shot with with him looking at the books and you can see that the gentleman of the couple his tie is <clears throat> the long thin piece is way down here and then the, the large piece that sits oh, in yeah? front is way up high so he's probably thinking this dude's a doofus yeah. I'm totally going to rip him off right <laughs> yeah. now and as he's leaving he's getting into the elevator and he has that uh, exchange with Whitkin next to the elevator button wall is the usual like uh fire escape uh thing mm-hmm. but it's a it's a a picture of the you know the figure of a of a person walking down the stairs taking the stairs because there's a fire but there's a little flame at the bottom of it as if descending into hell oh, oh. that's kind of interesting <clears throat> yeah uh we we go into the bookstore uh, i thought it was dean's bookstore but it's not it's his bernie's uh, it's bernie's bookstore bernie's. and he's like hey i got did you get the coyotes he's like yeah i got all the volumes um yeah He's like Whitkin called he was like uh, he said he he said he you stole the books from him yeah. and <laughs> you know uh, and then we, we kind of what's, what's great yeah, is but, also <clears throat> you speedy Gonzalez over there. Uh, the bookstore is underground, which could also be uh, allude nah. to mm, bookstores you know, are subterranean in New York like that. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. Uh, but w- when he walks into the store, he does his whistle, which is the same whistle that Donald Sutherland does as uh, in in the movie Mash. Oh, does he? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I do want to talk about uh, Depp's glasses. I love them. In this real quick. Um, those glasses, uh, they're called Buford's. Yeah, Buford's. they are. 
they're worth like seven hundred dollars because yeah. there's because that that gold trim that wraps around the ears. So I'm like, oh man, I really like want a, some wrap around here. Tortoise shell. It, it, yeah, it's tortoise shell, but it's actual uh, uh, twenty four karat gold that's uh-huh. on the side. Because I was like, oh, those glasses are cool. I want to buy those. And looked it up. I was like, holy hell, those are expensive. Glasses. Those glasses annoyed me. I mean, every time you put them on, he had to like wrap them around his ears. And I'm Dude, like, do, do, that do, annoyed do, you? I think they're. Do you know so how many classy. times? Do you know how many times my glasses just fall off my face? I want those. You don't think they yeah. they poke you in the back ear? Yeah, it's just it kind of. <laughs> you know, I don't know, maybe. It's like a little like like it relieves like a little pressure point or something. Nah. I also want to think that you know, looking at his costume, uh, and his the, glasses had like a red tint to them, also, yeah. which is interesting. Well, the, the color red shows up a lot in the red movie. and green shows up a lot in this whole yeah. movie. And I, I do like the use of red, but also his his clothing is like very dark and gray, which could suggest like a moral ambiguity, you know, because he's he's as Whitkin called him out he's like you know thoroughly unscrupulous <laughs> so he's, he's got this sort of like moral gray area where he's not exactly a good guy not exactly a bad guy and he sort of like lives for himself he's a little selfish which is you know kind of fits uh, yeah. Depp goes to a lecture hall and it's a uh, demons and medieval literature lecture he goes to the Balkan press tower yep and uh, <laughs> when he like I didn't get a clip of him Balkan talking during his lecture I got a clip <clears throat> later on okay. yeah I think we want to keep everybody awake yeah and yeah, I, gotta, <laughs> I, I have one two three four I have five clips in this and uh, they're they're pretty long um, Depp's sitting down and he sees Emmanuel, the, the lady, she is just call called, her the girl. It's just the girl that is yeah. her yeah, title. I wrote it down as MG, mysterious girl. Throughout yeah, the yeah. It was funny. I kept writing down the girl, and I didn't really look up her character's name. And then I paused it on she Prime. Well, oh no, even on Prime, it's the girl. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, okay, cool. That Which works. I didn't know Prime did that, and I was writing on Prime myself, oh, and I was great. like, oh, the oh, this X-ray. Is awesome. Yeah. When you hit pause, it tells you whoever's in the Boom. scene, oh, their actual cool. name. And sometimes, the sometimes that's really bad if you've never seen a movie and it doesn't give you like the character's name because like for some, <laughs> and then it'll like, tell you who? it'll be like bad guy and you're like son of a bitch. So, a couple key things in this scene that I really yeah. I really liked is, yeah, he walks in and he's talking about the things of, that are occult in nature, and she's everyone else is taking notes. She's just sitting. She's there. lounging. She's just she's lounging. Chilling. But the camera moves right to her as soon as he says witch. witch yeah. And her chair is just slightly skewed. Yeah, it's, everybody's facing forward. She's kind of she's yeah. like the bad girl in the back of the class. Doesn't give a fuck type of thing. Johnny Depp's uh, Dean sits down. Dean sits down, yeah. and he falls asleep. Yeah, and he just passes out. <laughs> I like Vulcan comes over and he's like, "I see you. Uh, my little lecture stimulated you." And he's like, "Was I snoring?" And he goes, "Nice of you to ask." <laughs> uh, he wakes up and he looks over to where the girl was sitting, and she's gone. Yeah. Um. Uh, but Balkan has something he needs to talk to Depp about, so they go up to his private collection. <clears throat> yes. um, and it's interesting, when you walk into the private collection, there is a painting on his wall that we will get back to later. About. Yeah, yeah, I got a bunch on that, too. Um, but uh, yeah. before uh, we, we get to the library, um, there's something really cool about what sets up this scene, because it starts with the camera looking up at the top of the tower, and then it pans down, and I, I know that it's just me reaching, thinking it's symbolically, you know, we're going subterranean, we're descending. Yeah. Um, and when the when the cab rolls up, immediately right in the in the front of the picture, it says, "Please do not slam door." And that's the first fucking thing yeah. he does. <laughs> he slams the door, and then he avoids those two panhandlers. He goes inside, uh, and Boris Balkan, his name, and this could be a bit of a reach, but. Um, Boris, uh, and Boris, by the way, he's played by Frank Langella, yeah, the one, Frank the Langella. only good, great, great actor. I love Langella. Uh, Boris means wolf, and Balkan could be uh, etymology, could be the Persian word Balakana, 
which means big high house. Okay. <clears throat> I actually have some information on, on names here. If I go, go for it. Do it. Yeah, yeah. So um, in the movie, his name is Dean Corso. Yes. Yeah. But in, in the book, it was Lucas Corso. Okay? Right. And uh, this whole movie delves into the spirit of enlightenment and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when we get into those notes, I'll, I'll cover more on Depp's name. But right. when it comes to Boris Balkan, uh, Boris, uh, from what I read, meant being triumphant in battle. That too, yeah. You know, yeah being for sure. being uh, successful. And Balkan was uh, a testament to a mountain. Yes. And particularly a mountain where you achieve enlightenment. And so Boris Balkan, it's like the man who conquered enlightenment, the man yeah. who conquered the mountain. And that's sort of his goal, right? Isn't there a mm-hmm. mountain range of the Balkans? Or am yeah. I wrong mm-hmm. on that? Okay. And then, I believe uh, so. I thought it was a peninsula. Is when you look into more of the symbolism of Depp going to Balkan and ascending his mountain, yeah. it's like Depp going to the mountain, ascending the mountain, that's right. and learning about a path to enlightenment. And if we're sticking with the, the idea of, of naming schemes here, Dean or Lucas could be, you know, closely related to Lucifer. It is. Lucas is definitely a, the a light bringer to Lucifer, the light mm-hmm. bearer, the bearer of light. The morning star. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Corso is French, or not French, but Italian. For, in the movie, he says it's for run, but I think a more direct translation is it's like path or avenue. Path or course. course. Yeah. 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 There, there, there is a, a mountain range called the Balkan mountain range okay. in the Balkan region. Uh, and also the Corso name uh, relates to Bonacorso, which is the original name in Italian, which means to protect or okay. rescue. And so when you look at Depp's name, you have uh, from the original name, which was Lucas Corso, you have uh, the Lucifer Helper, Lucifer Protector. Yeah, the LC. You have the Path to Enlightenment. You have uh, an Enlightenment Protector, someone who's protecting, you know, learning. Yeah. And, of course, enlightenment equals knowledge and protector of knowledge, protector of books. And that is exactly what Corso does. That's his, that's his living. And they give him the name Dean in the movie, which is like the head of uh, educational college, yeah. institution. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I also, I also think maybe they changed it from uh, Lucas Corso to Dean Corso because yeah. of, the, uh, of the, the initials, the LCF that we see in it. Mm-hmm. And so it wouldn't be so obvious. Yeah, it wouldn't be so obvious and that type of point. Yeah. Um, when... When Dean is up there with Balkan, uh, they're going into his his private collection. He, uh, the key, when when Balkan opens up the his the safe, like his glass room, the code is six six six. Yeah, it's pretty. It it's pretty obvious. You think somebody with as much uh, yeah, wealth pre- that he wants pre- to protect <laughs> would choose something a little more encryption? And uh, uh, there, there what? I have I have a long clip for this. Whenever you're before ready. we get there, there's yeah. there's a line that uh, Balkan said to him right before they get to the elevator because the elevator code to the penthouse is also six six six. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. And as he's as they're walking, he's like, "Do you sleep much?" And he's like, "Like a baby." He's like, "I figured you the kind of guy who'd be up all night." Or what did he say? He said, "I, I uh, <clears throat> I'd have bet a brace of Gutenberg Bibles you'd spend half the night with your eyes peeled." Uh, and the Gutenberg Bible, this re- I didn't get the reference, the Gutenberg mm-hmm. Bible, um, which is totally in keeping into the theme of him as a rare book dealer. Yeah, it's... The Gutenberg Bible was among the first major books printed using a mass-produced uh, movable metal type in Europe, uh, marking the start of the Gutenberg Revolution and the age of printed books in the West. Well, yeah, if you owned a Bible before the Gutenberg Press, you were... 
you you were very yeah very high even up. if you had a bible if you by had the a bible press, it's yeah like, <laughs> well they were the first to really send it to everybody like you could actually people could start getting them right if you had a hand written bible yeah like before it was mass produced holy hell and the uh the, the bibles themselves ones that still exist i think the last one that sold as a complete volume was in 1978 coincidentally same year he fled the u.s polanski uh, it went for 2.2 million dollars a loan volume later they're sold. Big too. Yeah, they're massive and they're ornate and they're beautiful and they're, they're considered like you know works of art. Um, the the a loan volume was sold later in 1987 for 5.4 million, and experts now estimate that a complete copy right now would go for 35 million dollars at auction. I mean, well, check that, your addicts, folks. To me, that still seems pretty low for yeah, something thirty-five million from I, the fifteenth yeah. century <laughs> yeah, or whatever exactly. that was. Yeah, it's like, come on now, guys, it it has value. It <laughs> sure like, does. Mm, books books don't sell anymore. Thirty-five is what yeah. you get. <laughs> Can I get that on my Kindle? <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're so yeah, they're yeah. talking about uh, Balkan's library, mm. and there's um, a specific book that he wants to see, and I have a I have a long clip for that. I'm going to mute us while we uh, sure while we play this, and here we go. The Nine Gates is a kingdom of shadows. You're familiar with it? Yes. Venice, 1666. The author and printer Aristide Torquay was burned by the Holy Inquisition, together with all his works. Only three copies survived. One. Catalog lists three copies surviving in private ownership. Fargus, the Kessler, and the Delphur. It's true. You know your business, but you're mistaken nonetheless. According to my own research, only one is authentic. Well, three are known. That's the trouble. Where'd you get it? I bought it from Telfer. Telfer? Yes, he finally sold it to me the day before he killed himself. It's <sighs> good timing. Silentio mestaureum. Silence is golden. Precisely. Ever heard of the Della Melanica? I've heard of it, yes. It's a myth, isn't it? A book reputed to have been written by Satan himself. No myth. That book existed. Torquia actually acquired it. The engravings you're now admiring were adapted by Torquia from the Della Melanica. They form a kind of satanic riddle correctly interpreted with the aid of the original text and sufficient inside information, they're reputed to conjure up the Prince of Darkness in person. You don't say. Are you a religious man, Mr. Corso? I mean, do you believe in the supernatural? I believe in my percentage. Don't you get dizzy standing there? What is it that you want from me, Balkan? I want you to go to Europe and investigate. The other two copies are in Portugal and France. I want you to find some way of comparing them with mine. Every page, every engraving, the binding, everything. I'm convinced only one is authentic. I want to know which. That could be an expensive trip. That's to get you started. Spend what you need. What if I find that your copy's a forgery? It's quite possible. Really? It doesn't appear to be. 
Even the paper sounds kosher. Even so, there's something wrong. You mean the devil won't show up? If all three copies turn out to be bogus or incomplete, your work will be done. If, on the other hand, one of them turns out to be genuine, I'll finance you further. I want you to get it for me. At all costs. Never mind how. Never mind how sounds illegal. First time you've done something illegal. Not that illegal. Hence the size of the check. Do a good job. I'll double it. There's got to be something wrong with it if you're letting it out of your hands. I have the utmost faith in you, Mr. Corso. There's nothing more reliable than a man whose loyalty can be bought for hard cash. And yeah, so I mean, we we do these long clips because it's gonna it sets up the story. So a lot yeah. of any time that it's gonna be talking about the book, I have a good like three to four minute clip. And Frank Langella just kills it. He's awesome. Wow, he is such a great villain. Man. You, you know yeah. what's great is watching him. I was like, man, he looks he looks thick in this. Like he looks actually healthy because Imposing. I mean, it's I think they intentionally like put the camera like down and focus up and focus at up because to he, give him that he, imposing. That he's just he's a burly of a man, of a man yeah. and later in life he kind of thinned down. Pretty well. I mean, he got old, but so yeah. The uh, anybody want to venture a guess as to the size of that check? Oh, oh, did <laughs> they don't say what it is? No, I don't travel, so I have no idea how much it would have cost them. Well, but adjusting for nineteen ninety nine. Uh, do you have it? Or no? Oh, it, it was never revealed. But I don't like, know. It's probably like twenty grand or something like. I think that. so. Like I'm, yeah. I was, I was thinking like sixty thousand yeah, dollars. it's got to some be something. Shit. I was watching Thirty Rock the other day, and there's a part where uh, Kenneth the Page he like opens up Jack Donaghy's yeah, check, yeah. and he's like, "Look at all the zeros!" And then there's an extra flap that comes out on the check. <laughs> <laughs> and I like how he says the pages sound kosher. Yeah, yeah. No, like, I, and I love when uh, when he's standing at the window. Depp looks over at him. He goes, "Don't you get dizzy standing there? Like, don't you get yeah. dizzy with all your power?" You know, I thought Just, it was really really great. Well, another uh, great little thing about the sets is obviously they're not really in new york city they mm. filmed all this stuff in paris and so it's sort of like a matte painting or it's what they call translate material where they just took photos of a new york city skyline and like mm. and then projected through, light through yeah. it so it's sort of old school and that way of making movies that i think really like works for this movie because it's, uh, you know, it's pretty uh, understated a side note on that i mean if there was one thing i didn't really like about this movie yeah. it was going to be like a lot of the effects are really bad yeah and i mean part of me when, when I, I was like oh he's doing this on purpose because there's points where yeah. you can tell like oh it's a matte painting and you're like oh it's a tribute to you know old school filmmaking yeah sure but then there's other parts you're like oh no they just they just just didn't have a budget for this there. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and another another cool thing well, they're t- obviously they're talking about the 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 nine gates of the kingdom of shadows this mm-hmm. This book, of which there are only three copies, Balkan wants to authenticate his uh, against the other two, and yeah, Depp he, even he wants uh, to make sure he has the real. Yeah, there's in right. in the book. If you haven't seen the movie, there's lithographs, which are pretty much uh, they're, they're really pictures, like engravings, they're engravings. Yeah. Um, and the w- when he says the silence is golden, yeah. uh, there's a man on a horse, and he's he's, he's doing, doing like a shush type yeah. of thing, and and, and that's that, that's what he wants him to go and check all the other books to see if there's right. any kind of. You know, uh, and because he believes there's, yeah, he believes there's a, like a supernatural sort of uh, <clears throat> power that the book has that will help him, you know, conjure the. Uh, but I don't think we learned that at that point. I think he's just saying like he just wants. I, I am up, the yeah. collector. I mean, that private library that he says. Yeah. He goes, "What is unique about my library 
is that the devil is the protagonist of all of these books, yeah. and no one else has a collection like mine. And another cool little nod, too, is that he says the book was um, published in 1666, which is the inverse of 1999. <laughs> we, uh, it cuts to Dean's apartment, which I love this scene. He just, you, you see Dean, and he's, just, he's like reading the book. He's not paying attention. He opens up his freezer. He grabs like a microwavable dinner. doesn't even take it out of the box. He just throws it in the microwave and just turns it on. Did yeah. you notice he, that? He's always yeah. got, he's it's always kinda, got kinda, booze uh, in his hand. Yeah, yeah he kind of lives austere too. It, you know, th- there's a couple of parts in here like uh, Johnny Depp is always smoking. Like, yeah. like oh, like, I was smoking so much. Dude, watching this movie. No, but, like, oh yeah, good idea. But like, I, <laughs> well later you later, right. later on right. they call on the joke because he's like you know he's holding like a million dollar book and he's just yeah. lighting a cigarette, having a glass of red wine next to Dude, it. You're like, well, this is one thing. Whenever he oh, he's flipping through the book. I'm like, no, whenever he's checking, whenever he's checking someone's personal library. He's like, I just want to examine the book. They're like, okay. He immediately sparks up a cigarette, and I'm like, what? Yeah. Book antiquities dealer does would this. do that. Yeah, they're pretty. They're playing pretty fast and loose with some of these like ancient books. Well, I don't know if ancient. I, is the I feel right like word. it was just a ploy to help move along his mania and his, you know, uh, his need to do it. To, uh, to just cope like with a character yeah. development. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Dean goes to the suicide victim's house. The, the Telfers. The Telfers and his wife. The Telfers' wife is there. Liana, Liana, Widow Telfer. Yeah, and uh, she's like, you know, that's that. I want the book back because that was not, you know. Yeah, she was sort of like uh, feigning um, ignorance to, you know, the books. Yeah, uh, she's like, my husband was weird. He he locked himself in his study a lot. She she plays coy. She actually says that she has no knowledge of the book or whichever. She says it was her husband's most prized possession. Yeah, and that he bought it in Spain for like a shit ton of money. Yeah. And this this woman is uh, Lena Olin uh, playing Liana Telfer. She, you may have seen her recently on the show Hunters. She's the one of the big villains with the Nazis. Mm. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a great show. Um, she was also, or her name actually. Oh no, I know. Yeah, I know who she plays in the Hunters. But yeah. I, I can't give that away because if you yeah, spoiler. <laughs> anyway, uh, Liana, the name actually means "My God has answered." Mm. Um, so you'll see how that might, may or may not, like you know. Uh, have some later. significance yeah. later yeah, to her. Um, some other movies she was in uh, <laughs> were she was in Chocolat with Johnny Depp. <laughs> she was in Mystery Men, um, I think, as, as a doctor. Mm-hmm. Annabelle Leake. Oh, okay. It's um, been a while since I've seen it. We need to cover that. That's a good I love movie. Mystery yeah. Man, but yeah, yeah it's been a while since I've seen it. She was in a romantic She's comedy seen. with uh, called Mr. Jones with Richard Gere. Mr. Jones. She was, yeah. <laughs> she was in uh, The Queen of the Damned, ah, The Unbearable Lightness of Being with uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. Um and where'd it go? I lost it. Never mind. She had an extensive career. Yeah, yeah she, she yeah, did. Pretty good. Uh, yeah, because uh, he asks her, he's like, did did he ever use the book for supernatural events? And that's when she's like, well, the last few days he just kind of locked himself in the study. Right. Um, Dean gets in a cab. Um, he goes to the library to do some research on the book, and he's grabbing a bunch of stuff. And when he grabs one of the books, we see the girl, the blonde-haired mm-hmm. girl. I and we're. we're yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you no, off there. Yeah. I'm moving a little fast. Uh, before he actually leaves, she's questioning him about what his profession is. She says, oh, so you're a book detective. And he said something like that, that down, book which is a little little nod to the original title that the um, source material, the Club Dumas, okay. was originally called The Book Detective. Oh, oh, nice. And then he changed it, and then, you know, this movie was based on that. And also we see... Uh 
a symbol in this scene that actually comes in much later, you know, often throughout the, the movie, the, the which serpent, is right? the serpent yeah. eating its tail, which is, oh man, I forgot the actual name of it. It's called, uh, I wrote uh, it down. I wrote it down too. It, it's a, it's a, it's a something you see throughout movies it's a, over it's and over Orbis, again. Or, it starts with O, right? Ouroboros. Ouroboros. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, you think yeah. of the Oracle in NeverEnding Story, where it's two of those intertwined. Yeah. But uh, the, the theme of the Ouroboros is a snake eating its tail, representing infinity, eternity, yeah. the cycle of life and death. You know, a snake shedding its skin is a, a snake, um, or, you know, the the soul shedding its, its mortal coil and ascending into spiritual realms. And uh, typically it's seen as a circle, but in this scene it's shown as the infinity symbol wrapped around, you know, the tree of knowledge, which is uh, a lot of that I'm going to get into later on as we finish up this movie. But I, I didn't want to skip over seeing that that's the first introduction to that image. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so he's at the library. He's at right? the library. He grabs yeah. a, he grabs a book and you kind of he sees uh, the girl through the like when he grabs the book like the empty space when he walks around she's gone. Um, then he's he's at the he's researching. He takes his glasses off to kind of rub his eyes. He looks up at the you know the second floor. Sees the girl again when he puts the glasses on. She's gone. She's gone. Dun dun dun. Mysterious girl. Um. Boo doo doo. Shabby girl. I'm going here. Okay. So he goes back to his apartment. His apartment number is one two seven. I wrote it down. Probably doesn't mean anything. But uh, when the door is ajar. So when he when he when he goes in. No, it's not. It's a door. I'm gonna beat you. I'm gonna beat you. That was so bad. No, no. You know what's funny is that my buddy Jay said the same thing because I was driving my mom's truck and it's like the side door is a jar and he's like, no, it's not. It's a, it's a door. Um, but the the apartment is a, is tossed. But yeah, the weird thing is it, it's just the books. Wait Did you notice like nothing else? What? I'm sorry. I there. I, we're we're really glossing over some important stuff here. What he what he what? discovers in the uh, in the library. Oh, okay. So when he's in the library, the, he chooses a reference book, and when he chooses it, he sees Homegirl, mm -hmm. the girl, yeah, peeking at him, and mm -hmm. she puts a book back in the slot. He peeks around the corner. She she's disappears. Gone. She's gone. Yeah. And he like you know shrugs it off. He sits down and he looks at one of the engravings. Uh, and the oh engravings yeah, he sees the initials right. Is no no. <clears throat> Calm down over there, bud. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Uh, so the engraving is of a naked woman on the, the seven-headed beast or dragon in front of a burning castle. Uh, and this is the Whore of Babylon, a symbolic female figure mentioned in the Book of Revelation. Book of Revelations. Yeah. Her full title is stated in Revelation 16, 17, verse 5, as Mystery, Babylon the Great, Mother of Prostitutes and Abominations of the Earth. And then Corso sees the girl again on a balcony, but then again she disappears. And this is when uh, Corso returns home and sees that his apartment is ransacked. Yes. Yeah, I forgot that he looked at that 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 relief that thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right as he's going in the apartment, his apartment number is one twenty-seven. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I wrote that. That I don't know if that means anything. It sure does. Great. Go for it. What does it mean? Let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> so uh, the new in numerology, one twenty-seven represents. Um, the uh, uh, an explorer. Uh, it's the it's. I'm sorry. The numerology represented by the number 127 is an explorer. It is self-reliant and always looking forward. And in Jewish gematria, Dean Corso has a value of 323, the same as the word Lucifer. Nice. So there's there's a connection. Both of their names have the same numer alphanumerical value, because um, gematria is an alpha alphanumeric code of assigning a numerical value to a name, word, or phrase based on its letters. And then Corso takes the uh, nine gates to Bernie for safekeeping after he discovered that his uh, apartment was ransacked. Yeah, and then he, t he takes it back to his, uh, his, his buddies, the... Bernie. Bernie. 
And he's like, you know, Bernie, and the, the, you, f- you pretty much figure out the book is worth like a million dollars. Yeah, they Bernie's say. really blown away by it. He, yeah. He's looking at the reliefs. Smoking, he, having a cigarette. Yeah, he, he stomps <laughs> at one relief in particular, which is uh, the Hanging Man, or the Hanged Man. Yeah, the Hanged Man, which, uh, and, and if you, while they're talking, I think the, uh, you, see some, you see some feet outside mm-hmm. because it's like a basement. Yeah, there's and, a lot of they play around with feet a lot. Like yeah, I there's the feet, shoe before. Yeah, there's like feet out there, and then like a cigarette goes down, and yeah, you, there, there's there's someone's uh, watching. There, there's an unknown character with like, you know, as we can say, normal shoes, uh, just standing facing the store, and you see a cigarette drop, and he walks away, and then another, and then another pair, pair of feet, female shoes, shoes, as you can tell, put the cigarette out and follow him. Mm-hmm. And these shoes are, are pretty well known. They're like white tennis shoes, and she has one green sock, one red sock, which we saw earlier, so yeah. we know who that woman was. Um, he wants uh, Bernie to hide the book. He's like, take care of it for me, because you know, I, it can't be with me. Uh, Dean starts packing because he's got to go to right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, he. Before he leaves Bernie, you know, Bernie's like, why do you want me to hold on to me? He goes, I'm seeing shit. Like, he's already, this is where yeah, he starts he's getting out a little bit. He's like, I'm seeing this lady. A whole bunch of stuff is going on. I really think it should be put away as, as I go on and do this. And he's like, all right. Uh, Dean starts packing at his house. And who shows up? Leanna, the wife of the dead book. Thirsty. Dude. Man, she's dude. So, she shows thirsty. up. Thirsty. She, she wants the book back. And, uh-huh. and uh, you know, wants to, uh, she wants to stage like a theft, pretty much. She's like, she wants, she's like hey, like I'll just steal well, back. You can no, say. She, she offers the money. She goes, hey, I'll pay you money. And yeah. we can come up with some other thing. And he goes, nah, you know what? I've seen this before in a movie. You got a gun on you, blah, blah. And then she. And then they fuck for she, the book. <laughs> she flashes. She's like, I got no gun. Yeah. And then, uh, and well, we, I got no gun. <laughs> yeah, and, we, and, we, and when they're, like, doing it, um, we see that, that that snake, I wrote it down here, the Ouroboros. Yeah, the Ouroboros. Um, she has that ass. tattoo on her butt. Yeah. Uh, like a side tat. Now, just a, a viewing this scene, I want to say that Johnny Depp is horrible at making out with a woman. Like, it's it, like, mm, it looks what? real tough. It doesn't look it doesn't look natural at all. It, Some, it's, it's, it's like he opened his mouth and he's like, Gah. yeah, yeah. And um, what's really funny about this scene it, is it, that when, it, gets when a we, little, it gets a little different. When we first meet the widow, my wife, I watched this with my wife mm-hmm. last night. Uh, my right. wife is like, <laughs> my wife is like, you know what? She pauses the movie. She goes, this woman can't act. She's acting too flirty. But I was like, babe, she's a widow. I mean, she was married to a super old dude. She's probably wanting that D like hard right now. And she goes, I don't know. I don't think so. And then and we then get to this scene. It, oh, man. And I just looked at her like, mm-hmm, see? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so during during the sex scene, she ends up like biting him. Like. Well, well, she freaks out because she does the do, you know, and she's like, "I'm just gonna get my book now." Yeah, and he's and the like, book's not there, and he's like, "She's like, where?" Is yeah, it? what does he say? He says something. He's like, uh, "He's like, oh, think- she goes, don't fuck with me." He goes, "I just uh, did." Yeah, we just <laughs> did. I just did. <laughs> yeah. So she bites him. Uh, she smashes a bottle over his head. He passes out pretty much Do you know she was uh this the cigarettes she was smoking were called black devils yeah i thought they were like cloves or something yeah. at one point yeah they're definitely black yeah uh he calls bernie when he comes to uh there's no answer so he shows up at bernie's uh rare book store uh the door is open uh when he walks in bernie is dead hanging upside down just like the um the hanged the, man yeah just like the hanged man saw. in the book um exactly the same exactly the same uh it looked like his throat was slit or something or strangled he was just dead yeah um and then he goes and finds the book because he knows like bernie's hiding spot behind this painting mm-hmm. grabs the book and uh hops on a plane pretty much yeah all right now a oh quick- no no he yeah he he, he runs across the street um. Right, 
Doesn't he? Does he call? Doesn't he, he call uh, Balkan? Yeah, right uh, well, he, yeah, yeah. He goes out. Well, and yeah, gets so, the so, cab so and we, what, yeah. what's going on here is, uh, you know, he knows where Bernie yeah. keeps the book safe. So he he goes in. He sees Bernie hanging. He's like, "What the fuck?" And he knows he can't touch anything. So there's this really awkward scene where he's trying to get past. He does this a lot, Bernie, <laughs> like because Bernie's hanging right in front of the staircase. So he has to get past Bernie. Just so swinging. He, yeah. So he's kind of like just <laughs> inching by. And then he gets up. He he finds where the book is. Uh, and then he, and then he gets by, and the taxi guy's waiting for him. And he goes start driving, and you can see he has this hesitation of like, I should call for help, but he realizes that, you know, he could be blamed for it, being that he's the only person to be seen walking out of there. So he's really hesitant to see what he has to be doing at this point. And I just wanted to cover a, a quick point about the hanged man, because this movie has a lot of tarot uh, relations as well, and so in tarot cards, the hanged man typically represents surrender or sacrifice or being stuck or, or being stuck in a tough situation. And uh, it's often portrayed by Judas being uh, the traitor uh, and the hanged man. Mm-hmm. And so this was a, a big load of symbolism when it comes to Depp approaching that scenario and seeing him and leaving him to die. It, it was interesting the way that, that he was hanging uh, because I like after watching the whole movie, with the way he's hanging is exactly like he's hanging in the book in that the book. Dean has yes. right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he yeah, because he makes the cab wait when he goes into Bernie's, and yep. then when he comes back out, he he goes up to a phone booth and he calls Balkan and he's like, "Hey, uh, this shit's getting crazy. I think I'm gonna out." And he's like, "I'll double your money." Yeah, he goes, so, "Pay more." He goes, "I don't want to get paid more." And he goes, yeah, "Too late." He's <laughs> like, "Too late. Just go." So Dean hops on an airplane and he goes to Portugal, Spain. Uh, where we meet, what's the name of the brothers? The shop, the uh, Sinitza brothers. Sinitza. The Sinitza brothers, and I have a clip that I'm going to play. This is this is right when he walks in the door. So he lands, goes right into the Sinitza brothers, and here we go. Yep. Buenos tardes. Buenos tardes. You speak English? Yes, I do. I would like to get your opinion on this. The Nine Gates, superb edition. Very rare. It's a different copy. Yes. You used to own it, right? We used to, we yes. Sold it. We sold it when the opportunity presented itself. It was too good it's to. Too good to miss. An excellent sale. An excellent buy. Impeccable condition. Impeccable. Are you the present owner? No, a client of mine. I would never have believed you'd part with it. Never. She? Mrs. Telfer. Mm-hmm. I understood that it was Mr. Telfer with it bought. Well, he paid for it. It was Mrs. Telfer who made him buy it. He didn't seem particularly interested. An exceptional specimen. Do you think it could be a forgery? A forgery? Hear that, Pablo? Oh, I took you for a professional. You speak too lightly of forgeries. Far too lightly. Forging a book is very expensive. Paper of the period, right inks, too expensive to be profitable. Still, it can be done. Of course. Well, it requires a great skill, but yes, it can be done. Do you think that could be the case here? What makes you ask? My client wishes to satisfy himself on the book's authenticity. His name is Balkan, Boris Balkan of New York. All books have a destiny of their own. Even a life of their own. 
Mr. Balkan is a celebrated collector. He's no fool. He must know this book is authentic. We know it. So must he. We've had this book for years. Many years. An ample opportunity to study thoroughly. Printing, the binding, a magnificent example of 17th century Venetian craftsmanship. Finest rock paper. Resistant to the passage of time. None of your modern wood pulp. Watermarks, ink, typefaces. If this is a forgery or a copy with missing pages restored, is a work of a master. A master? Yes. Have you studied the engravings? They seem to have some underlying significance. But of course. Here, for example. This one could be interpreted as a warning. Venture too far, it seems to say, and danger will descend on you from above. This type of books often contain little puzzles. Especially in the case of such an illustrious collaborator. Collaborator? Mm -hmm. You couldn't not proceed very far in your research, senor. Here, look close. And you see? Only six of the nine engravings were signed by Aristide Torquia. Yes. And the other three? But this is one of them. L.C.F. Who's L.C.F.? Think. Lucifer? Very perceptive of you, senor. Tolkien was burnt alive because he wrote this book in collaboration with someone else. Come on, you can't honestly believe the man that who the... wrote this book designed an alliance with the devil and went to the stake for it. Even hell has its heroes, senor. <laughs> All right. Couple of cool things I want to point out mm -hmm. about this. Scene. Go ahead, go ahead. So uh, these are the Sinitza brothers. They're played by one dude, one dude named Jose Lopez Rodero. Mm -hmm. Polanski actually overdubbed their voices, so that's Roman Polanski speaking. Really? Not, not them. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. Wow. And right when he grabs the book, he drops a fucking ash right on the cover. <laughs> oh yeah, and he's like wiping it off. He's like, Sinitza means ash in Spanish. Uh. Those are their names. Now another thing, which is also super cool, and I thought was real subtle, um, was as soon as he says Beelzebub, you hear a fly buzz. Mm. Or I'm sorry, as soon as he says Lucifer, For, you hear yeah. a fly buzz, and Beelzebub yeah. is the Lord of the Flies. Mm. Bulls, bulls, bulls. Uh, and um. Of course, uh, yeah, that's it. <clears throat> and they're really? in, they're in Toledo, Spain, which is or Toledo, ah. which means the city of generations. I got, I got oh a lot to God. say about this. Oh yeah, <laughs> there it is. There it is. I got a lot to say about this scene here. Like for, number one, this is my most favorite scene. Mine too. In the entire movie, these two dudes are awesome. These, these two dudes. The moment I he walked in the store, I knew that I was going to love these characters because when he walks in, there's no reaction to him. They look at him like, who the fuck's this guy walking yeah, in here? Like, like, they don't even care. Like, one guy's, yeah. you know, putting the book up. He's like, eh, I'm a dead. Yeah, and he goes, oh, do you, do you speak English? And he's like, mm-hmm. Like, he does, like, a little nod, like, yeah, and. Yeah. And, and, and one of these dudes are, are so charming, and it's the only effect, special effect in this movie that actually looks decent, you know, as far as, you know, this is something that would take skill to do well today. And, uh, and, and I just loved everything about the scene. Now, the characters themselves... Now, this is a character that I, I love in all stories, particularly because uh, it is the character that, that really puts the, the main character on their journey. Yeah, it's, 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 it's the, the, the man at the crossroad. It's, the, mm -hmm. the, yeah. the, 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 it's like that, that trickster archetype. 
Now, and uh, on my on my podcast, not to do a selfless plug, but I had my one of my friends, uh, Miguel Colon Jr. We talked about one of our most favorite characters in literature is the Cheshire Cat. Yeah, you know, okay. because he is that trickster character, and who owns continuously the, moving the story? Who owns the Cheshire Cat? No one. Who can tell the Cheshire Cat what to do? No one. He's like the mischievous god of that world, and to me, in this story, these characters represent that Cheshire Cat. You know, because one, they have no stake in the game, they have no fear. You know, they, they uh, of of what is going on, and they have all the knowledge. You know, and and they're not. Whenever Depp asks a question, they're like, "Are you dumb?" Yeah, and then they go into it further, sure. and it's like, if Depp would have asked all the right questions, they would have given all the right answers. But it's not their job to give all the right answers. It's their job to give just enough to get him going in the next direction. The the Ash thing that happened, I have like once we end the movie, I have something to go back to on yeah. that. <laughs> um, as Johnny Depp is as Dean is leaving the. Um, Leaving the shot, as they said before, like death from above. Uh, when he walked in, he walks past scaffolding to go into the store. And when he's leaving, the scaffolding starts falling, on, like about mm-hmm. to crush him. So, he, And what's cool is when he runs away, my buddy Jay pointed out, if you look to the right of the screen, it looks like an anarchist symbol has been sprayed on the wall. You can see like just a little piece of it. Was this what it. you were referring to? Say it again. The symbol? The symbol of... This, he says it looks like an anarchist symbol, and you were talking about. No, that wasn't you. I'm sorry. That was that was <laughs> like, Jason. Yeah, Jay I'm was so talking. sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Jay, you can kind of see it in the corner there. Um, let's see here. Falls. Uh, yeah, and he's 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 on a train. Well, just to cover right. a few points that happened yeah. in that scene that that are important. We learned that it wasn't the the husband that bought the book. It was the wife. It was the wife. Yeah, this, the wife yeah. is the one who got the book. It was her jam to to get it going. <clears throat> And we're, we're going to learn more about her. You also start to see, too. because of the, the scaffolding falling, you're starting to see that a lot of these engravings are Johnny Depp's uh, Corso's journey through these this investigation start, starts to mimic the book, the, 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 the engravings. The engravings, yeah, because the hanged man, the death from above. And, and this right. is where we also learned that uh, a point where Depp was uh, skeptical about the, the, the majesty of this book, the, mysteri- mm-hmm. the, the mystery of this book. Yeah. He starts falling into like the, these lines start blurring because they they point out because he goes you know apparently there's a lot of information about these reliefs like what can you tell me about that and they go oh yeah duh I mean yeah. the the guy who made these worked with the devil he was burned at the stake for doing the book he's considered a hero mm-hmm. and he goes yeah but I mean what makes it so special and he goes oh they go he goes he goes oh yeah he was one of the greatest collaborations ever and he goes what do you mean collaboration yeah and they're like well look and they point out at which we mentioned before yeah. Yep. On the dude slippers, right. AT is also the initials for this guy Torquia, yeah. who was the main human collaborator, as yeah. we can assume, for this book. And then we learn that Lucifer himself is the other collaborator yeah. to create these images, which is very important before we go forward. <laughs> Absolutely. When uh, Dean's on the train, this is another thing. He's sitting down in the car and he's looking at the book, smoking yeah. a cigarette, having a glass of like red wine or sherry next to this million dollar book. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just, no yeah. problem. Yeah, no problem. Um, and w- when he gets back up to go to his room, he sees the girl again. And Do you notice that little character in the engraving resembled those two guys? Had the mustache and everything? The one that was shooting down the arrow from the clouds looked just like the two. Oh, yeah, the two old oh, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and uh, another point here I just want to make about how horrible the graphics were. The graphics, the, just the special effects. When that scaffolding is falling, 
horrible. It looks so bad. Oh, the, uh, I, I it's it, all CGI. It's, yeah, clearly, and it's not even green screen. It's blue screen because you clearly see the blurby blueness. Just the around blurby Depp blueness. As he goes, <laughs> the blurby it's, blueness. It's so bad, so bad. When he sees the girl, he kind of he's like, "Hey, I've seen you. You know, are you following me?" Kind of. And when she looks at him, um, you can you can see her her eyes. And yeah. this was something I thought my out. mind was playing a trick on me because yeah. at first when they're talking, about it, she looks normal. Yeah. And then when the camera pans back, her eyes are like fucking green. Yeah. I didn't like. <laughs> he's like, "What's your name?" She's I was like, gonna yes. I was gonna rewind it because she's kind of looking out the train window as trains are going by, and I wanted to look at her reflection to see if her face changed at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I didn't go back to see it because later on we see some facial changes with her. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is the first time we see like her Spoilers. eyes really just kind of. Doesn't he ask her? Uh, what are you, a student? And she says something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. And, and I thought that was kind of cool because his name is Dean. Mm-hmm. Well, he, she inspires inquisitiveness in him. And the, yeah. moment, the moment she's around, he's always like, what's this? What's this? Who are you? Why this? And she never gives him a direct answer. She gives him enough yeah. for him to ask another question. Right. And I think uh, it, if you ever come across a person like that, it's a real work of art to – I mean, you've been that, doing uh, your, your – um, what's that? Um, mind, not mindfulness tricks, but your – Mentalism. 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 Yeah, <laughs> that's a, a, I'm sure a key point of that of being like always saying something to get out uh, more of the, out of the next person. Yeah, well, it's it, it's funny because later on uh, she's reading a book in this uh, that the girl's reading a book and it's a book I'm actually reading right yeah. now. Um, <laughs> it, when when he gets off the train, uh, he he goes to a, a mansion. He's going to meet Fargus, who's the other owner yeah. of uh, the second book, and this is in Sintra, Portugal. Yeah, and Sup- s- super mansion, obviously haunted. Clearly, <laughs> yeah, it looks. It looks Sintra, I'm sorry. Yeah, Sintra is a city in Portugal that actually means bright star or sun. Ooh, I, I morning was, star, was, bearer of light. Get out of here. I was gonna get a clip of, of Fargus talking. I didn't because it's a very short conversation he has with Fargus. Yeah. But he does say something important. And I didn't write it down. I did. did. Did you? Thank you. Because I, I was like, I was like, I know he's gonna write down. Because he says something about the books and go ahead and say that. He says, uh, well, first of all, Fargus means uh, either to kill, to part with, or forge. Ooh. So, and and then he ex- explicitly states, nothing will make me part with this book. Yeah, and it's weird. Like all of his books are kind of laid out. He's sort of. Like selling it, off a lot of his wealth. Yeah, it looked well, like yeah, it uh, looked like he was moving because it's a very empty. I, I don't think he yeah. sold out. I think he just lost a lot of it. And one of the things he says, yeah, is, it's true. He's going it, broke. It, yeah, because because Depp is like, oh, I mean, oh, he pours him a drink, and he goes, oh wow, these are really nice glasses. He goes, yeah, that's all I have left. And he goes, well, this is a really big house. He says they're handsome glasses. Yeah, he goes, these are handsome glasses. Yeah, yeah. because this is a big house. He goes, it's well, really you know, glasses. houses are just like families. Eventually, they wither and they die. And so this is just you can tell that this guy is alone. One. And all he has left is, just, is his, his most books, his, his most precious prize, possessions, yeah. are, which is uh, which he claims is the most legendary collection of occult books, which uh, everybody's yeah. saying that. Yeah, you know? <laughs> and uh, he's obviously intrigued uh, by the fact that he has a copy of the Nine Gates, and there's another one in his presence, and he's like, "Whoa, I want to see these compared with each other." Which it's is been which three is really centuries. Really funny because he's talking about his book like it is the absolute best and yeah. it's the most authentic and blah 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 blah. And yeah. then when Depp goes, oh, I have one. He goes, oh, can I see it? He's yeah. he like freak out, like, oh, can I look at it? Almost like he knows his is not authentic. And, and when he hands Depp, the, when he hands Dean the book, he says this. He, uh, well, they notice that the, even the imperfections are alike, save for the slight discoloration. Yeah. And Fargus says, some books are dangerous, not to be opened with impunity. Impunity, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And then Corso discovers inconsistencies in the engravings. I have those written down. Uh, the AT engraving has a walled-up passage. The LCF shows a way through in the maze. Yeah, the keys, the, the are, the in keys are in different hands. hands. And meanwhile, this guy is just playing his violin in the other yeah. room. Like the phone rings at one point. And mm-hmm. He gets up to, sorry, he gets up to answer it. He gets up to answer it, yeah. Um, and so uh, I, I, he, for, you see a little passage of time. Corso leaves after you know complete, yeah. completing his. Uh, he goes the he, like. <laughs> what is he? he almost he goes like walk down the street. He almost gets run over by a car. Yeah, and that's and then, the platinum blonde dude. Yeah, a Ruby Rod makes it. Whoa, Ruby Rod. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ruby what, Rod. What was that Wesley Snipes name in, in Demolition Man? Oh, oh uh, Simon Phoenix. Yeah, yeah Simon it's, Phoenix. Like, it's like Simon Phoenix <laughs> and Ruby Rod fused together, and that's what this guy looks like. <laughs> yeah, illuminate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lights on. No, illuminate sounds better. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yo, Demolition the, Man. It's a great movie. So the good. guy gets. The, I think they're making a sequel. Fuck that. Uh, hey, maybe we'll I, I figure. We'll, we'll figure out how to use the three shells. <laughs> three um, seashells. All the, right. The, this this henchman dude. That's what I call him. The henchman. We don't really get his name. I don't think. No, the, you don't. The henchman guy gets out and he just kind of stands there. Yeah. Like, like doesn't even like try to attack death. Yeah. He's just like he's, he's kind of like come, come at me, bro. Yeah. That's kind of what he does. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. And then a motorcycle pulls up with uh, it's it's the girl. You know, it's yeah. the girl because you girl see the blonde up. hair. He's getting shadowed by like three people this whole movie yeah. too. Girl pulls up on a motorcycle and Ruby Rod is like mm mm and gets <laughs> back in his car and drives off. And Depp is like. Oh, that was very nice of you. Then she drives off, and then he's like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder, <laughs> like, did he ride? walk home? I don't. Why I don't, didn't he call a cab or something before he left? Because uh, he got there. In a oh, cab. by the way, this movie I think is sponsored by Shell because when he goes back to his hotel, you see the, oh. the so shell. If, if I and, there's, and there's also a Shell in the fountain uh, at let, Fargus's. You let, let me talk Go. about this. So, yeah, it was a Shell in the fountain. There so is. the the Shell is a direct symbolism to the birth of Venus. Okay, the birth of Venus coming in the Shell. Venus is the morning star. It shows up before the dawn. It is the bearer of light, Lucifer, the bearer of light. I'm really so glad you brought that whenever, up because we're going to come back to that here Whenever you soon. see a shell in the movie, it is a clear symbolism back to Venus mm-hmm. and back to Lucifer. Okay. Depp almost gets killed. And yeah, he goes. Ba- he goes back to the hotel, and you do see like the shell, like the gas logo above <clears> there. Um, it, he goes into... Uh, when he goes into the hotel, he runs into the girl again. She's sitting yeah. down. She's reading a book, and she's reading How to Win Friends and Influence People by mm-hmm. Dale Carnegie. And I'm actually reading that book. Yeah, uh, That's the same book that Charles Manson used to influence a lot of his followers, who then killed Roman Polanski's fucking wife. Uh, by the but way, that if, happened if, if, after this movie, so you have to imagine after this before this movie. movie. Really? We, yeah, this dude, movie came out in 2000. 2000. Manson murdered people in like 69. 69, oh, 69 yeah. yeah. That's what I said. It came after the you, uh, I mean, after the you didn't book. reset your time machine, did you? Uh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the, it happened after his wife was killed. Is what I was trying to say. This this movie did. Yes, the the movie or the book. The movie happened yes. after yes. his wife was killed. Yeah. So you'd have to imagine, like, why would he like throw that in? Thirty there? years. Like, why would he use that book specifically? If I it don't know. Up with the That's what murders. I was thinking too. And he clearly even drops the name. He even looks at it and says, says the title the whole thing. Yeah. And he's like, "This is how you fucking." It's a great book. <laughs> and by the way, if you read the book, you're not going to join a cult. If you read the book, it's just no. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, it's not. Uh, Balkan calls Dean. I really like these little rooms, little call rooms. It's like, sir, there's a phone call for you, and he goes in like a glass. Oh yeah. Privacy room. Um, what does it say? Takes up to room. He calls Balkan. Yeah, he calls him. Transfers for the room. Yeah, he transfers it to the room. And Balkan goes. So what's up? What's going on? Yeah, yeah, what's and, good? And but he tells him about the other copy. Balkan wants the other copy. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's not going to sell it. Uh, Fargus is not going to sell it. Uh, there's like a knock at the door late at night. 
or early in the morning. Is it early in the morning? Yeah, it's early morning. the next morning. She wakes up Corso, and uh, they take him. She yeah. says, we got to go back to Fargus. Yeah, knock on the like, door. He opens it up. Why? It's Mystery there. Girl. And Depp is like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, yeah. What are you doing? And, and, you know, the weird thing is, like, she's, he's like, kind she's, of a pushover, too, because yeah. he doesn't put up, much, put up much of a fight. And he's like, he all right, all right, fine. I'll go with you. He doesn't ask any questions. Yeah, he's like, we got to go back to Fargus's. And he's like, okie dokie. Let me grab my glasses. <laughs> well, he assumes she's working for Balkan. That's that's his yeah, main yeah. assumption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. So uh, when she's like, "We're going back to Fargus," he's like, oh, "He rides bitch on the motorcycle." Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, and like, she walks up right to the door, and he's like, "Where's Fargus?" And she just kind of points at the pond, mm-hmm. and he's just he's floating. Yeah, she knew right away. He's, he's over there. He's over there. Yeah, just dead. Good. Which his death sort of kind of mimics the same way the character Hollis. Uh, Mulray dies in Polanski's other film, Chinatown. I don't know if that's a direct reference, but it seems just likes drowning people. Pretty similar. But in, in this fountain, you also see the shell, and I think a cherub sitting in the shell, which is also another. Oh yeah, direct to, to, to Birth of Venus. Yeah, they, they break into the house, and when they break into the house, uh, like Depp steps on the glass, which is like the the handsome the handsome, the glass. handsome glass. Yeah, um, and the and the book is burned. It's it's pretty yeah. much charred. And I think, and it, this is the first one that he destroys, or who whomever did. And I think he he discovers that the engravings were taken out. Yes. Yeah, because yeah, he takes the now, book. He takes the book with. I don't know, Fish, yeah. if you have anything about this, but my my wife, beautiful Denise, she pointed this out where before Depp falls asleep the night before, he takes his phone and, ha- and puts it off the hanger. Yeah. And he walks into that room, steps on the glass, and immediately the camera goes to the table. No, the phone's off. The, the phone hanger. is off the hanger, and it lingers there for like five seconds, like. Huh. And then Depp even looks at it like. What Silence is golden. Yeah. Oh, yeah, maybe that's it. Perhaps, because yeah, because I don't think like the gates are in order, or, or the, these these metaphorical gates, because there's never actually like a physical gate that he goes through. No, you know, it's just these they're, they're metaphorical simple, yeah, gates. Yeah, this, metaphorical yeah gates. that uh, that he has to pass through. Yeah, so <clears> he he hops on a plane to Paris, and and this is this is where he sees that the uh, when he gets to his hotel, when he figures out that the pages have been ripped out of the burned book. Yeah, because he, he's looking at them. Um, I do like when he gets there. He, he apparently he has been there before because the guy behind the desk, yeah, uh, the front desk, Gruber, he's like, "Oh, what up, girl?" Okay. Yeah, he's like, "Oh, Mister Mister Corso, it's good to see you again." And he goes, "Yeah." He he's goes, like, "How's your mother up? doing?" And she's like, "He's fine." Yeah, yeah. He goes, still yeah, got he, that limp. He's been like, there. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, back to the, the 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 meaning behind names. The the receptionist's name is Gruber. Hans Gruber? Uh, <laughs> I was about to say. Die well, hard? No, but, well, okay, yes. <laughs> that is similar, guys. <laughs> okay, go for it. <laughs> I swear to God, if there's a Dune character named Gruber, I'm going to throw my water bottle at you. There isn't, but um, Gruber in German means uh, pit dweller. And if you're from the subterranean realm and you serve a master like Lucifer, you would probably be a pit dweller. Dwelling in a pit? Um, now that you mention it, Johnny Depp was in a movie called Libertine with an actress named Francesca Annis, who played uh. <laughs> played the Lady Jessica in Lady in Jessica. Is that, is that your one? That's my one. That's my one. So he gets settled in Paris, and he, he has to go meet, meet with the, the Baroness. Baroness, Baroness mm. Kessler, and I have, um, I have a clip for this. Cool. Awesome. And uh, we're going to meet the Baroness Kessler. Um, once again, kind of a long clip. And here we go. Deal with it, okay? <laughs> you truly believe in the devil, Baroness? Enough to devote my life and my library to him. Not to mention many years of work. Don't you? Almost. This book demands a certain amount of faith. Yes, 
Well, I'm afraid my faith is in short supply these days. I know this work extremely well. I've studied it for years. Do you have any doubts about its authenticity? None whatsoever. You sure? My knowledge of this book is profound. I wrote a biography of its author. Yes, I've read it. Aristide Torquia, The Devil's Apprentice. Excellent work. A courageous man. He died for the sake of this very book in 1667. While studying the black arts in Prague, he acquired a copy of the Dread Dello Melanicon. This is Torquia's adaptation of that work, which was written by Lucifer himself. After they burned him at the stake, a secret society was founded to perpetuate its memory and preserve its secrets. The Order of the Silver Serpent. A sect? A kind of witch's coven. For centuries they have met to read from this book and worship the Prince of Darkness. Today they've degenerated into a social club for bored millionaires and celebrities who use its meetings as an excuse to indulge their jaded sexual appetites. Hmm. I myself belong to the order years ago, but time is too precious at my age. Besides, my orgy days are over. I told them to go to the devil. Hmm. <laughs> you mean it's all about sex or...? Of course not. They're under the illusion that they owe their money and success to membership in the Order. Do they still meet? Every year, on the anniversary of Tokyo's death. They'll be meeting very soon now. And you say they read from this book? Not this one. I took mine back when Liana Telfer acquired the one in Toledo. Victor Fargus is an unbeliever. He's always refused to participate, so naturally they use the Telfer copy. Not that it has ever worked. Did Andrew Telfer ever take part? Telfer? Oh, no, no. That creature, Liana, married him for his money. She comes from an old and aristocratic French family, the Saint-Martins, but they were penniless, so Liana used his dollars to restore her chateau and buy the Nine Gates. If he ever finds out what his wife gets up to at these gatherings, he'll probably kill himself. Funny you should say that, Baroness. He hanged himself last week. Who exactly are you working for, Mr. Corso? My client's name is irrelevant, Baroness. I'm simply trying to authenticate his copy, which is the one that Telfer sold him before he died. How stupid of me. I should have guessed. You've outstayed your welcome, Mr. Corso. I was hoping to examine your copy in detail. Certainly not. Tell your client, who can only be Boris Balkan, to come and examine it himself, if he dares. Tell him not to send any more wolves in sheep's clothing. And now, kindly leave. I'm, I'm sorry if I troubled you. Thank you very much for your time. You don't know what you're getting yourself into, Mr. Corso. Get out before it's too late. I'm afraid it already is, Baron. Dum dum dum. All right, a couple things I got for you here. Go ahead, guys. go ahead. I got a lot too, man. Yeah. Go by ahead. the way, she's in a wheelchair, so that's why you yeah, hear that. I wonder if those orgies put her there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's she's also missing an arm. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. They did some crazy shit. I was wondering if she like chopped off her arm to give it to the devil or so, some shit. Fish. All right, we're gonna talk about that. Fish, right. you go ahead for you say got a lot, man. All right, cool. So, yeah, Corsa visits the last nine gates owner, the Baroness Kessler, whose uh, secretary is built like Brian Erlacher. 
Um, <clears throat> Janet Reno. Yeah. Well, he, <laughs> well, he, he makes he makes that joke later on. He's like, "Have you seen her yeah. secretary?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, clearly, Corso is a fan of the Kessler collection. He says he knows it by heart. And here, her uh, bookcase is number nine in total, which is kind of cool. <clears throat> um, lost my spades. Uh, nine in total. So Corso says his reputation as a hard-nosed businessman kind of precedes him, uh, and he says it keeps the wolf at the door. And she even says, you know, uh, wolves in sheep's clothing with, could be a reference to Boris, Balkan Boris, meaning wolf, mm, yeah. another, another interpretation of that. Um, but Kessler actually means coppersmith. And a, uh, a, the alchemical symbol for copper is the female sign. The sign of Venus is also uh-huh. the female sign. Uh, and as we know, Venus is known as the Morning Star, which is Satan's nickname. Um, and Kessler's work deals exclusively with the devil. Um, the works that she writ, wrote, wrote herself. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Let that pass. Oh, we got some cherries and berries? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, now. That's all right. Just okay. Mm-hmm. So Kessler says, <laughs> Kessler says uh, he, um, when referring to the devil that she says she saw in, in person. Um, so the girl that's following Corso around can't be the, the Lucifer or Satan um, because... You know, we, we don't know female. anything about we the don't girl. Know that, but there's not much alluded to her at all. Right, but this this led me to believe that the girl isn't a devil, but actually a protector of of Lucifer himself. And in the novel, The Club Dumas, she gives Corso a book called The Devil in Love because she loves him, Corso, which to me indicates that Corso is being led back for he is truly Satan or Lucifer, lost in this world. The Kingdom of Shadows. Well, the, the book, uh, since you brought it up, it has very stark differences with the movie. Uh, in the book, yeah. she actually references quite a bit that she's a fallen angel. Yeah. And she's a guardian and all this other stuff. So yeah. she's more direct with what her role is. Yeah. And that's definitely not what is said in this movie at all. But that's pretty much what she does. She shadows him and, and yeah, it, it's definitely what's from a lot of at. shit. If anything, the person can be like, oh, she's actually... It still is alluded that she is there to protect Balkan's investment. You know, there is there is no well that that's his uh, assumption. Well, that as as the, the viewer, audience. as yeah, the, audience, the audience, that's yeah, what yeah, you yeah. get too. Uh, did you have anything further on that? Um, just uh, uh, Kessler explains that the Order of the Silver Serpent is a group of jaded millionaires for ritual orgies, uh, and Liana Telfer used her husband's influence. And her money to restore the wealth, wealth and power. Oh, the and then, of course, Kessler learns or guesses rather correctly that uh, Corso works for Balkan. Now, in this scene, there's just one bit uh, when he's going up to meet the Baroness. Yeah, up the stairs. The stairs, man. Yeah. It, it's such a beautiful shot of him climbing the stairs. And the, the camera doesn't move. But in the shot, you see him climbing up. And then when he gets to the very top, it just kind of lingers there for like a second. And the stair, the way the stairs look is definitely akin to, like, a labyrinth. And you can see that he's getting deeper and deeper and lost. Oh, I, 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 thought, I thought you counted the stairs. Like, you're over there, like, oh. 27 <laughs> stairs. 27 <laughs> stairs. Dude, Alphanumerical. Code. Like three, Six, three, 666 three, stairs. Uh, <laughs> uh, when Dean leaves, um, he sees uh, the, the, the driver outside, like, the car, the the the, oh, dude, the, uh, the black dude. Blonde, yeah, dude. platinum blonde, flat top guy. Um, so he like dips into a cafe. Yeah, right? yeah, no, yeah, he dips into a cafe. And, Ruby Red. Yeah, and he sits. Yeah. He's, Ru- Ruby Rod. <laughs> Ruby Rod. Is he, yeah, he's, it, the cafe is great because he sits in the cafe for a while. And the guy's just standing there, staring at him, staring at him. And when the when the 
sun goes down, the lady turns on the light so you can see Dean's reflection, and then yeah. the guy disappears like that, yeah. which I thought was pretty. I think it was. I think that effect was just trying to show a passage of time. He's been there for a while now. It's yeah, dark I just outside. thought it was pretty neat. Yeah, it's a cool. It's a cool little um, transition. And then when, when he leaves, he kind of takes like um, he takes the. The river, you know, like in Paris, you'll see like rivers and yeah. next to the road. So he, he's walking down there and then the guy attacks him. I'm, right. so, I'm such a Disney nerd when I saw that. I was like, oh, it's like in Ratatouille. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the same river Ratatouille happened. I, 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 he, he corners him down by the canal. And, yeah, and um, they start fighting, and this it's a horrible fight scene because yeah, you can see the guy's, like, butt padding. He's got a crash pad on the back for the stunt work. Yeah. Um, you can see and then the pants. girl shows up, and she fucking flies down the stairs. And we're not saying, like, she like went she, down fast. No, she, she like, floats. She hovered, floated down. It, it's it's like, a, like one of Dracula's, like, vampire yes. wives. She just, like, whoosh. Falls right down. Mm-hmm. Thank God we're outside. <laughs> <laughs> um, do, do, do. Oh, and he breaks his glasses, which kind of sucks. Yeah. Cla- classic, <clears throat> classic breaking oh. of the glasses. I do. Okay, this I think may be a bit of a bit, a bit of more symbolism mm-hmm. because when when the guy tries to run away up the stairs, he grabs his shoe, removing his right shoe. His right shoe. Um, I don't know why feet and shoes. Well, to to touch on that, we touched a little bit before about uh, you know the. The way things are done, mm-hmm. and in this movie, there's a lot of contrast between right and left. Yeah, specifically with the mysterious girl, she has two different socks differentiating the right and left. That yeah, duality, true. and then there's, know, al- the- there's also a scene with a shoe later on. Yeah, 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 yeah. The left side represents uh, the feminine, so it represents uh-huh. uh, emotion, it represents spirituality. Yeah, the right side is more masculine, definitely represents you know a uh, an earthly connection, you know, more physical, more material focused. Right. And that is the good Lord telling us to stop talking about the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting like a breeze. The real overcast like, and dark. Um, but, um, but when he when he's leaving too, he steps on his own glasses and he and he snaps the the right lens. And mm. if we're we're in keeping with the left and the right and yeah. the left hand path, right hand path, um, the one that's left intact is the left. Mm. And so now he can clearly see We'll be right back, folks. Hey everyone, I'm Fish. I'm Josh. We are Duck and the Usher, and we here at Duck and the Usher are sponsored by the Copper Fox Tattoo Company in Kissimmee, Florida. They're out on West 192, and you can also find them on their social media, Facebook and Instagram, at Copper Fox Tattoo Company. And if you'd like to become a sponsor of the show, go to duckandtheusher.com and click the support the show link, and that'll bring you to our Patreon site, where for just as low as a dollar, you can be part of our Facebook group, and as high as $25, be a sponsor of this show. Well, let's get back to the episode. Oh wow! Yeah, that, was, that was an act of God right there, <laughs> for real. <laughs> yeah, we uh, since we're we're outside, I had all my umbrellas up, and it just the wind decided this to just take that shit away. Heavenly <laughs> gust of wind was like, stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> Do the oh my god! I was like, oh no! <laughs> so people are gonna be driving. They're, like we heard a cop siren earlier, and yeah. now they're gonna, like, what the fuck happened? So he, okay, yeah. So what was I doing? He broke the glasses. He broke his glasses. Yeah. yeah. He, he, the the left one is intact, suggesting he's starting to see the left hand path more clearly. The spiritual path. That's what I was trying and, to get. And to go back to all the other references of left and right, when the guy hung himself at the start of the movie, his left shoe came off, which means he was venturing down the path of 
spirituality. Damn, okay. this whole Dudes movie is that. just a shoe commercial. Oh, I know. Uh, and then uh, you have a uh, homeboy hung up, hung up in the shop, yeah. hung up by his left leg. Uh, in the fight scene, he pulls off his right shoe. He's mm-hmm. claiming, you know, this is a material thing, pulling off the right shoe. Wow. And then you go back to the glasses. Yeah. Right, the right lens, the right eye, the material mm-hmm. eye is shut. The spiritual eye is left open. Boom. He goes back to the hotel and he walks up to his uh, concierge buddy and he's like, yep, here comes the rain. What is happening? We should <laughs> We should be okay. Is your, uh, yeah, is your uh, equipment Yeah, good? as long as the equipment stays dry. I mean, everybody's hearing this right now. But If not, get ready for another commercial, guys. Yeah, this is yeah. going to be fun. <laughs> okay. So There's going to be a lot of editing. Yes, yeah, so of course it goes back. He talks to the, the concierge that he's really good friends with and, yeah. and slides him some money. He's like, hey, I'm looking for these kind of people. So he's looking for Leanna yeah. and uh, says and the black the black top. I like, like how he just uh, describes her. He's going to be with a, uh, she's going to be with a black gentleman, dark hair, yeah. 40-ish, He's dishy. like African-American, yeah. black. Eager. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he's a black gentleman, <laughs> closely cropped, blonde hair. She's brown hair, 40-ish, dishy. <laughs> yeah, dishy. Yeah, he's a dishy. Now, uh, before we head into uh, uh mystery girl is still with him. Yeah. Uh, in the fight scene, we see two things happen. One, Depp accidentally decks her in the face. Yeah. When he, when he reaches back, he pulls a Batman, just reaches back, clocks her in the mouth. Yeah. And then uh, we also see that she also has a lot of strength because she kind of throws off. She goes up to uh, Ruby Rod and just pulls him off Depp and throws him. <laughs> yeah. You know, so we see and, that. And like, she, Depp doesn't even question this shit. No. No, no. not at all. <laughs> so we see she has a, a supernatural strength. Yeah. But also she's still vulnerable. So uh, just a lot of contrasting things as to mm. make you be like, what the hell is this character? Yeah. Yeah, like, they, they, then they go up to the room, and, yes. and while he's like, here, put this in the back of your neck, and her eyes start to glow green. Yeah, this is where I realized I wasn't crazy. Yeah, because and, and right. he, he, he starts to ask her a question, like, like what's your part in this? Yeah. And then the phone rings. And she while, while, they're, while, while she's talking. looking at him, her, her eyes are glowing green, and she marks him. With her she, blood, she takes the blood from her mouth See, and she baptizes. I was, yeah, I was wondering why. why Anointed. He, I think I was writing something down, and then two seconds later, I was like, "I'm gonna get blood all over his face." <laughs> <laughs> he went to town. What's cool though, too, is if <laughs> if we're gonna look at like symbolism again here, green is uh, the color of uh, life, renewal, nature, and energy. Um, it can also enhance vision, stability, and endurance. And then Balkan calls, and clearly he's also shadowing Corso following the same path but not worthy of its reward as Corso is. Mm-hmm. And also uh, in the chakra system, green is the color of the heart chakra okay. and, and love. So, I mean, this is it's just a, another one of those things that pop in there hmm. as far as symbolism goes. We're going to get a nice little rain this background like sound. crazy elemental shit happening <laughs> to us. Are, are you getting wet? Are you getting a little? No, I'm just getting a little bit more All just right. in case. Yeah, if we start getting wet, we'll kind of... Yeah, we'll inside. We'll yeah, if you guys weren't falling asleep yet, the rain will definitely rain. help. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you put on the heat and crack the window? <laughs> uh, yeah, so it, when and he, and he tells Balkan about all the deaths. He's like, the people are fucking dying left and right, and Balkan just, he doesn't give a yeah, shit. Yeah, once again, he calls Balkan, and Balkan, yeah. and he goes, so what's up? You know, like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> he yeah. Balkan clearly doesn't care. Yeah, tells him about the, how the Baroness, like, won't help him out. Um, and then when he hangs up the phone, Dean just he photo he photocopies his copy of the book. He's right. like, "I'm gonna photocopy this," and then he hides it behind his refrigerator mm-hmm. in his uh, yeah in his little hotel. Do you notice when he folds it up with the uh, cloth, he does like five points? Yeah, like a pentagram. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, fish. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, we're going to try to get a thing for that. Um, but yeah, uh, oh, he, Corso's he, like, I don't know what's going on. Uh, that I was can't. lightning for real. Was it? Yeah. Well, it's all blue skies there. Yeah, not Look behind here, you. Homie. Man, I hate Florida. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, we'll, we'll keep this going until... Okay, all right. If all we right. got to go in, we got to go in. But, mm-hmm. right. um, so uh, he decides he's, he's going to go back to the Baroness. During lunch break. Pelican goes, go back during lunch break. That, that, oh, that's the hint he gives him. Is that what he said? Yeah, because he goes, she, she's not going to do it. And he goes, check out the lunch break. And that's when he goes, all right, let me go back. And he waits outside the Baroness's office building until Janet Reno goes to get a bite to eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And Janet it, it, Reno. He, he, Janet Reno's <laughs> dance party. <laughs> yeah, Will Ferrell. Yeah. Yeah. He, he brings a peace offering to the Baroness um, mm. type of thing. And he's like, mm. listen, he's like, there's difference in the book. Yeah, um, and she's like, "What variations?" Yeah, he shows her all the different things, and so. Well, one one thing that I was, I was going to use that clip, but it's very short. Uh, but when he, uh, you know, the uh, Janet Reno leaves, he sneaks in, <laughs> uh, and he he realizes he can't get in the office. So he, he has he, the buzzer. He buzzes her He's in. Like I have something for and you. And this is something that I'm like, this is too naive and, and too dumb of Depp. But he goes in, he leaves the door open. Yeah, you know, and it's like. Come on, he's guy! Too, you're you're being hunted, and you're going to leave. For that. The, well, maybe he assumed that because the door was locked, he had to get buzzed in, and fucking Janet Reno was out there watching the show, that he would be safe in there. Mm. I don't know. I, but, I thought it was a pretty he, rookie move. He just he he shows her that there are three variations and three copies hidden in three books, uh, and while examining the book, <clears throat> he tries to light up a smoke, and she says, "You can't smoke in my in my library." Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I immediately thought, no smoking in the Skull Cave. <laughs> yeah, no, it, yeah, it, 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 that's the great part where, like, she calls him out, like, hey, no smoking. And, like, the entire time, I'm sitting there going, like, stop smoking near the books. Stop smoking near the <laughs> yeah, books. Yeah, no kidding. And so he's he's looking at the difference in her book, and he gets cracked over the head. Oh, I mean, before well, that happens, yeah, he, he, discovers a, uh, he discovers a postcard. Oh, yeah. Uh, within the book. The postcard, which is the painting that we saw right. at uh, Balkan's right. uh, little vault. It's, it's of this castle. Yeah, yeah and, and it's a card from Balkan saying, I found it first, because he discovered that this, this castle is indeed like the Devil's Tower. Yeah. Um, oh, it was from Balkan? I didn't see that. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. yeah. He was, was gloating he, that, he, that he found the Chateau de Puiver, is, it was, which is a Cathar castle situated in the commune of Puiver, in the in the owl, what if there's like a PS where it's department? Like PS, of, there's of lots France. of there's lots of stairs. You're not gonna be able to make it up. And and there was a couple. I'm sorry. Go ahead, fish. I'm sorry. Go ahead. My, my bad. Yo. It's all good. Um, so so this <laughs> castle, uh, and re- realistically, this is real history. It belonged to the Congost family before the uh, Albigensian Crusade. Uh, these lords practiced Catharism uh, and were accused as heretics by Pope Innocent III, uh, who considered them to be devil worshippers. Ooh. Whoa! What this is fucking dope? That just happened! You can't pay for that kind of Holy shit. theatrical effect. Well, thank God all my stuff's plugged into a pretty good surge protector right now. <sighs> yeah, I think we should give all thanks to God at this point. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, we're talking about a piece of fiction here, yeah. Big Guns. Yeah, remind me to never do like <clears throat> Twister or something. God is like, yeah, they are shit. getting too close. Send the lightning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So Catharism um, it was a Christian dualist or Gnostic or revival movement uh, persecuted by the Catholic Church. Mm. Uh, the idea of two gods or deistic principles, one God, the other, uh, one good and the other evil, uh, was central to the Cathar beliefs, which was antithetical to the monotheistic Catholic Church. Mm. 
Uh, and then it was called Devil's Tower. Booyah. That's awesome. Uh, now, and before uh, God smited our umbrellas and everything like that, <laughs> uh, we were, you kept bringing up, yeah, she's missing a hand. Yeah. And uh, this one thing I wanted to bring up, the symbolism of uh, she was missing her right hand, which typically means a sacrifice. And we often say, I'd give my right hand for that. Yeah. You know, and then that's where that, that little euphemism comes from, is that the, you know, getting rid of your hand, sacrificing something to prove your loyalty. I thought it was always because when you used to steal stuff, they cut off your right hand. So it's like, I give my right hand to that. Like in Aladdin? It's not just Aladdin. <laughs> Do you know what the penalty <laughs> is for stealing? And we learn of, because once again, this girl has a hard-on for her Ninth Gate book, mm-hmm. and she refuses to acknowledge the idea that it could be inauthentic. Right. And so what Demp reveals at this point is Demp. that his true... Depp. 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 Demp. Did Demp. I say Demp? Demp. Couple times. Depp. That's all right. Carry on. Depp. Depp. You're good. I got, I got big lips, bro. Yeah, because he brings in the different engravings. That was mm. his gift. Is like, yeah. look, so, I'm going to so, show you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And what he wants to teach her is that his main belief is simply that these they books connect. Yeah, are all you authentic. You have to have all three. They are right. all part of the same puzzle. Yeah. And this is where she's like, Okay, maybe you can look at my book. This is a revelation. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then, yeah, that's when he sits down and tries to light the cigarette. She's like, no smoking. I don't know where kind of books you use. Yeah. No smoking. And then he's, he's doing his research, and he gets cracked over the head. And when he wakes up, he's like, uh. And then he's like, Baroness, and she's kind of just, just her wheelchair like, is like bumping into the wall. He's focusing on one of the reliefs, and he's seeing the differences. And it's one relief is of an executioner. Yeah. And one like, executioner is killing a guy. Uh, and then the other executioner in the other relief has a halo over his head. So he's mm. kind of like, what? Like, why would one guy be a saint and one and guy be... Then he gets be? cracked in the head. Yeah, yeah. and then <laughs> it's actually a pretty cool effect because the, the room is eerily yeah. still. Yeah. Like, I don't know how he captured the it. The camera, captured like, creeps it so up behind well. him, too. And, yeah, and the camera is creeping up behind him, and then all of a sudden you hear, like, a boom, boom. And you see the, the, the image of like the... POV, the, right? Yeah, the point of view of, of Johnny Depp Corso, and, like, you see it, like, it just yeah. all the way in. into the page. Yeah. yeah, and when he wakes and I was up, like, that's yeah. cool. I like that too. And when he wakes up, the Baroness's chair is like hitting the window. He oh, goes up; super, she's dead. Clearly, the creepiest part of this movie. Yeah, kind of, oh, with kind her uh, bulging eyeballs kind of, and her fucking yeah. tongue sticking. Yeah, her out. tongue was sticking out. Like you, she was just. You're, you're she hearing was this garroted, probably. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just, I mean, that dude was big too, so he probably had no problem killing a cripple. Yeah, and then when he turns around, her. Her office is on fire, and yeah. he grabs. Well, well, he he pulls her because the chair is banging to a corner. Yeah, so he pulls her around. Oh yeah, and then the chair See, goes she's off. She's been choked. Her tongue is out of her head, and <laughs> she the, the, slams into the, the door. The chair <laughs> peels off like. And it's like a it, crashes, Hotep, right? <laughs> it crashes into her office door, and the and it door opens up, and then you see all yeah, this Yeah, and, and when he runs in, the book is on the, the desk burning, and he can't reach for it because yeah. he keeps getting burned. And so he just gyps, and he, yeah. when he's running down the stairs, he bumps into Janet Reno. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, my oranges. Yeah. yeah. Oranges, nine oranges. I don't she know. had a bunch of oranges. <laughs> Dude, I was like, wow, really? Wow, that's really good. I think there was nine some oranges, kind nine of, oranges. I think there was some kind of like uh, connection to the orange thing. I read it somewhere, but there was like so much. I was pouring over while now, I was one, doing this. One thing that I, that came to my attention with this scene, uh-huh. when you see how they were died, or when, when they were when How they, they were died? Were <laughs> <laughs> Yo, they, they got killed, died. It, it really delves into more so of that realm of, of witchcraft and magic, because you see that people are starting to die by use of the four elements. Homeboy was drowned. Oh, true. She was strangled, and now things are all being set afire as well. So. Is anyone going to get blown away? Uh, oh, and, um, when she, she, was, she was strangled by air. 
She she lost the air. That uh, was the strangulation. Uh, when 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 come on fish. When Dean when Dean leaves and he's going outside and then he comes back to watch the fire like he's an arsonist or something. It was like a fucking dog staring at him too. Yeah, but the, the, I wrote down that the fire billowing out it has a green tint to it. Hmm. Like in a lot of the fires that you see in this have this green tint. To, I don't know. It That's just not just shoddy effects. I don't know if it's shoddy effects, but I just saw like a green tint. Okay. Now the dog is representative of the fool's journey, which is another tarot card. Oh, the true. Fool. Yeah. And the fool is, is uh, there's definitely it's never hinted at throughout. You know, at one point during the mm-hmm. movie, but there's definitely things that point to Depp's character being the fool. Yeah. One is going to be this dog that is just staring at him. And on the tarot card, the fool. Oh, the uh, dog with, like, with, yeah, nip, with, nipping at his heels, right? Yeah, there, there's always a dog watching him or at the heels or by his side. And he's not paying attention. He's got like a like a bindle and he's looking off into the yeah, he, he's looking elsewhere. right at a cliff's edge. Yeah, the, the bindle is another big part that points to Depp as well because he always has his oh. bag with him. No Interesting point does, about he, that bag. That's a, a 1935 French ammunitions bag from that soldiers would carry. Nice. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, I want to get one. You can buy them. Uh, so the, the fool represents new beginnings, having faith, and naivety on that journey. Yeah. Because uh, he's following his dream to do something great or to, to learn something that he's never learned before. And a lot of people will sit there and tell you, you know, you're on a fool's journey. This is not going <clears> to <throat> end well. You, the the yeah. world is more harsh than you know. Yeah. And But that is the archetype of the fool is to go on that journey no matter what. And speaking of uh, dipshit fools, mm-hmm. when they get back to the hotel, there's a new receptionist there, and he's like, "Your wife was in your room." Well, no, because no, it's he goes up to his room and realizes that his book is gone. Yeah, yeah. and then he comes back downstairs oh, and he's like, "Something is missing from my hotel room." That's when he's like, Howdy, dude. He's like, "Oh, she's yeah, very chic." Yeah, he's like, "Oh, your yeah, your wife took it." He's like, "I don't have a wife." And then and then he's like, "Oh, by the way, the phone call." Yeah, and and Balkan's calling again. So he tells him that the Duchess is dead. Tells him that the book is missing. Balkan's not Baroness. fucking Baroness. The Balkan is not fucking happy about this. And then the girl yeah. shows up. Um, yeah, because Balkan goes to him. He goes, "Listen to me very carefully." He's, he's yeah, like, well, well, he goes, well, he goes, he goes, well, he goes you, was you, this you, the girl in my room? And he's like, "No, no, no, no." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well Balkan, dark hair, very chic. Yeah, very chic. <laughs> Balkan says to him on the phone, he goes, "All right, so her book was a fake." And he goes, "Yeah, sure." He goes, all right, well, then your job is done. Come get your yeah, money yeah, and bring yeah. me my book. Yeah. And he's like, like mm. <laughs> book is gone. And I, then when he goes, you son of I had problems hearing. <laughs> I had problems. I should have turned on the subtitles. I had problems hearing Balkan on the phone. Yeah. I kept having He like, gets real low. He, he gets up. real serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the girl shows up, not his wife. Uh, you find out that uh, that Leanna took it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and they, they figure out where the hotel room is. Yeah. The other guy, the other the maid, receptionist, the receptionist yeah. guy. Well, he, comes he, up. he leaves the phone booth and he sees Mysterious Girl. Yeah, and he yeah. goes to the mysterious girl and he goes, "Where's the book? Give me that book." She's like, "If I if I had it, would I be here?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. But what I really Stupid. thought was funny about this is that he he puts hands on her, right? Yeah. And then she knows kung fu, and she's yeah. like, and yeah, she yeah. does yeah. a kung fu move on she him. Puts him in like a Fujiwara armbar yeah. or some <laughs> shit. And I'm like, how does she know how to do that? What's going on? Here? Because she's otherworldly, homie. Devil. She's got glowing ass eyes. Devil magic. <laughs> she anointed him with her power. I thought it was out of place. <clears throat> uh, they go. They go. She was like delivering yeah. like. Front kicks to, to Ruby Rod. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Ruby Rod. Okay. Uh, they, they go to Leanna's hotel room, um, and they see them leaving, mm-hmm. and they uh, they kind of watch them. They get into, like, this nice, you know, Bentley or whatever, Rolls Royce, right. and they drive away, and they're like, oh, shit, they're trying to hail a cab. No cab will stop. Yeah. So the girl steals a, ch- a cherry red, like, 
Dodge Viper. Dodge, Dodge Viper. Viper. And I noticed, I was like, Sneak. okay, red. I'm like, it's very devil. Uh, devil with the very apple. Tempting, seductress. It's tempting. And then, of course, the Viper being represents smoldering temptress. Um, <laughs> now, even more than that, with the Viper, we get another course of numerology that mm-hmm. comes into play. The oh. license plate on it. I was always wondering if oh, there was okay. something there. Yeah, yeah. is 33775, which equals 25. Okay. And with numerology, you take those two digits, add them up together, and you get seven. Okay. And seven is the number for enlightenment and, and spiritual learning. And the deadly nice. sins. And that, too. And when she steals the car, <laughs> uh, the, the girl says something kind of interesting. He's like, what, could you, couldn't you pick something a little less inconspicuous? Yeah. Like, and she says. She says people would give their eye teeth. To take a ride in something like this, and eye teeth is another word for fangs. With your canines, mm. yeah, or uh, like a like a serpent, mm-hmm. Satan. Uh, <laughs> boop boop. They <coughs> boop boop. So they they they're driving. They pretty much lose. Uh, they lose. <coughs> it. You have more horrible green uh, screen while they're in the car. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't know if we really need to talk about like them like like pretty much they get stuck behind a semi type yeah. of thing, and the guy's flicking them off. There oh, is actually uh, something with a semi. Yeah, something similar to okay. this. So um, they find their way to the chateau, which which they he's got yeah, something before. Yeah. Oh, my so, bad. My yeah. bad. Uh, I actually learned about this because I was I was reading more on it uh, because I was like the the truck is out of place. You know, yeah. like it comes in like okay, you need something to slow them down, mm-hmm. uh, and the truck's license plate is four four four. Okay, and four is a number that's associated with um, stability. The okay. way you have like a chair or a house or a stool much like homeboy stools that he choked on. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's symbolized to grounding and grounding in the earth. Okay. You know? So even when in that starting scene, when he kicks off the, the stool, he's kicking Four off. Four legs are, are stability, stability and, and, and yeah, yeah. terra firma. So in this, uh, the truck represents holding them back. Okay. And when you get into more Gnostic beliefs, which we'll talk about later, uh, Four is also associated with the archangels, which are more so not supposed to... Help us get right. further ahead. They're here to keep us grounded to the earth and connected to a cycle. Okay. Which we'll get into a little bit further <clears> at the end of this. <throat> all but, right, all right. But all yeah, right. it definitely has a symbolism, especially when you think of this truck holding them back from achieving their goal. And uh, when they get off, it's kind of a crossroads. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like you can go straight, yeah. left, or right. They end up going right. Uh, and they lose them, and they stop, and then they see uh, a sign that says St. Martin. Yeah. Um, and she kind of goes like, what She's was like, Leanna's what was, yeah, thing? What, what was her name again? <laughs> He's like, Saint Martin. Saint She's Martin. like, look. Boom. Boom, right there. So look they, stupid. They follow it down, and then we see the, the big fuck-off mansion. Yeah. It's a big goddamn chateau. Uh, and pretty much it's it's the party that the the Baroness had mentioned. <clears throat> like yeah. The big sex orgy big cult. Orgy. Um <clears throat> uh, they climb up on a balcony. Oh, no, they, well, first they go. No, first they they go into Saint Martin, and they he says, "Oh yeah, they, they talk they, to like a local. They, yeah, chef. they talk to a local baker, and they're like, where can we find uh, Leanna Saint Martin?'" He's like, "Oh, it's up the road." Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, not an important detail. I don't know. I mean, the guy was in a basement with cooking food. I don't know if that okay. makes anything, but. Uh, yeah, they, they go to the party, they kind of, you see the rituals, like the people are getting ready, they, they kind of scale the wall, and they see Leanna getting into her robe, so you can see mm-hmm. a little, uh, side booby titty action, <laughs> um, <laughs> a little, little booty. You see the, uh, we'll find out. Yeah, the Ouroboros again. Ouroboros again. Yeah. Um, Dean just breaks in. He's just like, yeah, fuck, no subtlety. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like he just walks in. What's up? He's Give growing some balls. Um, he finds the book. Um, the henchman, henchman pretty much captures them like instantly. 
Yeah, well, she whips out a gun, and she's like, hi, I got you. And then homeboy comes over, grabs the gun, marches him downstairs, and she's like, go fucking, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and then. Take the it? boots to them. Yeah, and style. Dean, like, flips him over. Yeah. And, like, mm-hmm. does, like, a little. He's like, karate, and then yeah. flips him down the stairs. And then takes his shoe and beats him to death beats with him it. Beats him to death with like, his own just, damn shoe. Yeah. Wasn't then, that in Wayne's World too? <laughs> I had yeah. to beat them to death yeah, with their own shoes. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I can do the whole thing. You do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a story of one time Ozzy would not perform. He wanted a crevasse of brown M&Ms. Or he would not perform that night. So me and a few other guys go down to the local candy shop. And we go in. And what do we see? A Bengal tiger. Bengal. Well, we got with we got rid of the Bengal tiger, but then the shop owner and his son came down, and we had to beat them to death with their own shoes. <laughs> Needless to say, Ozzy did perform that <laughs> night. <Yeah. laughs> one of my okay, all right. He beats them like to fuck with the shoe. I mean, yeah. just whacking them on the head. She like says, a, and she's I like, I didn't know you had it in you. Yeah, but, she was and, surprised. And this is one thing that uh, that plays frequently within this movie is that. The way that the context of that scene goes, uh-huh. it's almost like we're supposed to think it's funny, like the way she delivers the line. Yeah. Because Depp is hitting him, and you're like, oh, but he, even like the effect of him hitting him looks like there was just red paint yeah, on the yeah, shoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I don't you think know, he it, killed it him with really a shoe, because it's like he's just. Yeah, like it's, it's really not that much. Like he's, like he's a spider. spider. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, you know, Depp has a moment where he leans back and he's like, huh, huh. And then the camera points there and she's like, huh, I didn't know you had it in you. Yeah. And I'm like, was this supposed to be hilarious? Because that's the way they played it. Well, it, also, she never actually physically kills anybody. She, like, might rough someone up, <clears throat> but she's there to, like, guide him along this path. Mm-hmm. And when he finally realizes that, you know, he has the ability to, like, forge his own way down this this path that he's on um it's it's good because he he's the only one who can do it nobody else can do it for him and so she's like okay cool dean dresses up in one of the cult costumes he he donned the the cloak the robe and he he goes in and he's listening to the baroness speak from the book and i have baroness not the baroness i'm sorry liana uh and i have a clip of when Balkan shows up to this party. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, there will be a part in the clip where the, it'll fade down a little bit because I, I jumped ahead during some of the fight scene. So <laughs> here it is. Mumbo jumbo, mumbo jumbo, mumbo jumbo, mumbo jumbo. Look around you, all of you. What do you see? A bunch of buffoons in fancy dress. You think the Prince of Darkness would actually deign to manifest himself before the likes of you? He never has and he never will. Never. You read from his book, but you have no conception of its true power. I alone have grasped its secret. I alone have fathomed the Master's grand design. I alone am worthy to enjoy the fruits of that discovery. Absolute power to determine my own destiny. You're insane, Boris. Give it back to me! You, Liana de Saint-Martin, you're even guiltier than the rest of this pathetic rabble. You have at least some idea of what this book can do in your right hands, yet you lend yourself to these farcical proceedings, these orgies of aging flesh conducted in the Master's name. You're a charlatan.
What is it with you? He just murdered someone in public. You're off the hook for the other killings. You should be grateful. I'm ecstatic. You're out of a job. It's over. What more do you want? You know what? And then he decides to chase after Balk. And I love in this scene whenever when he goes boo, yeah. and everyone runs away. There's like one part where like a lady just, just rips. She she just rips off her robe and just runs down the street naked. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> well, it, so, it shows that these people were not really there for the whole thing. They were just there for no, the they're jaded. They're jaded yeah. millionaires yeah. that are just there yeah, for the yeah, orgies. Yeah. Yeah. And they didn't sign up for a guy actually killing abroad in front yeah, of them. Like, I'd uh, go to that party. Any, not for that shit. And she's, we, she's wearing like the pentagram and when yeah. he's, he's like pulling on the pentagram so it's like jabbing into her larynx yeah. just yeah. like crushing her throat. Or what now? Larynx? I don't know. Larynx? Larynx? Larynx. larynx. You got a nice larynx, girl. <laughs> her throat. Her <laughs> yeah, throat. Her throat. <laughs> Esophageal. Yeah. The uh, so this is where something that, that definitely goes into that execution card. Where um, you see the the executioner with the halo and the one without, this is in direct contrast with uh, Corso and Balkan, mm-hmm. who at the very beginning of the movie they say we're, we're the same, a lot aren't of we? Yeah, you know, we're they, a lot they really diverge. Uh, and you see that uh, it's depicted that at that Johnny Depp is going to be the 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 killer with the halo, mm-hmm. because when he does decide to kill, it's to protect <clears throat> uh, Myst- Mystery Girl. Yeah, you know he's doing it to to save them from this scenario, versus Balkan, who definitely represents the more material side of it, uh, whose right. name means you know the material mountain things like that. Right, right. right. Uh, he kills for power. He kills to intimidate, right. and that's where those two things mirror each other. Yeah, and um, of course Balkan takes off because he's now trying to yeah, finish. He's, he's like in a Land Rover. He's on, and Dean jumps <laughs> into like that Rolls Royce and tries to chase him, and right. it, they're going through like you know wooded areas and. Then the yeah. uh, Balkan goes over this ravine and Dean gets it's like stuck. A stream. Which, if he would have pressed, if he would have pressed on the gas a little harder as he went through that stream, he would have made it. Well, yeah, it was a classic Rolls Royce. What I, sure what I, what I, what I liked about that scene and in, in a lot of like uh, medieval folklore, European folklore, um, evil wasn't allowed to cross running water. And because he was wearing the pentagram, that's why his car stopped. And when he gets out of the car, mm. takes it off. Oh, nice. And then he can keep walking. That's and nice. And he loses his shoes, too. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, my God. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Nah, for real. So he loses his shoes, right, which is another thing. His shoes come off, so now, now he's barefoot. And that's another thing that alludes to a lot of certain... Is it a depiction of the fool? The fool card, he has no shoes. Right. And so this is kind of like him reaching almost like that pinnacle of becoming the entire fool. And a lot of religions... Um, uh, require you to remove your shoes when you worship as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, of because course, yeah. uh, when he kills uh, Ruby Rod, uh, he, he was barefoot mm-hmm. before he went into the the, the con- to join the congregation. So everybody's barefoot. You oh, see he, them all running away. Homegirl was naked. Beat you know him to death with a. We we also understand <clears throat> a bit more clarity from the mis- the mystery girl because she's saying don't kill him. You know. Yeah. And at first, you know, as as an audience member watching, because he like, has to complete his like, path. You're like, why not? You yeah, know, it, yeah. you kill that guy. You got to you know, his journey. Mm-hmm. But then, but then you understand that she's like, I did this to save you. Yeah, I stopped you from killing him. That way, it can be seen that he is truly evil. Yeah, and everyone else will attest that. And now you are off the hook, no matter what. When, I, yeah. I did that for you. I forgot. There's a part when Dean gets in the car. The girl's like, "Where are you going?" He's like, "I gotta finish this." And yeah. she she throws in a, a, his coat. 
into the car. Yeah. Because that's an important part uh, later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, when Dean's on foot, he goes into like this little town. He sits at a cafe and he's like, excuse me. Yeah. And he pulls out the postcard and he's yeah. like, where can I find this? And a yeah. guy comes over and shows him on the map. And so and Dean, hitchhikes. Dean yeah, hitchhikes to the, the castle that we've been seeing throughout the movie, the painting, the postcard. Right. And he, he sees some lights on up in the, uh, up in the tower. He sees uh, the the Range Rover outside. He walks mm-hmm. in, and then he discovers Balkan. Uh, I had the clip of arranging Balkan also. the uh, the pages. Now, what's really cool here before you play yeah. that? As soon as he walks into the the room and he's standing atop that that little that precip- ledge, a little but, precipice yeah. or whatever it is, Balkan looks up at him after he says these words that that translate from each one of the pages, and um. It, it's he, it, allegedly it's supposed to conjure the devil so after he says the words the first person he sees is, is Dean. Dean Corso mm-hmm. and above him in the clouds there's a really hard to make out there's a face in the clouds watching yeah I need to go back and look at that because you pointed that out that's cool uh, uh, and yeah. also uh, him when they meet in this scenario you have uh, Corso yeah. at the top of the tower yeah. and Balkan, who's at the bottom, right, and also it also transfers to the whole um, chakra system, yeah. You know where the top of the chakra system is enlightenment, yeah. And here you have Corso, who's gone through all this, yeah. And he realizes that his path isn't just to, you know, decipher the books, get money, and go home. Yeah, he's on his his mission now yeah. is to, you know, retrieve this information yeah. and keep it from uh, right. Balkan. He's, right. So he's at the top of his intellectual or or. Uh, enlightenment game. He shows up. He's at the tower. Balkan, who is surrounded in materialism, he's doing this for power. He's doing this to manipulate the world around him. He is at the bottom, which is the lowest chakra of materialism, and he's there and he's trying to conjure up. It's this also kind of like the Kabbalistic tree of life. Yeah, the absolutely. ego is on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Enlightenment be at the top. Yep. And he even says to Balkan, "I'm the only apparition you're going to see tonight." Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like he knows like. This is my goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when Balkan is saying all of his mumbo jumbo uh, words, what, just what, in the. It's funny when uh, he did say, uh, just to cut back yeah, to that, ahead. when he walked in and he said mumbo jumbo, mumbo jumbo, it, 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 it directly uh, mirrors her words at the beginning when he's talking to her in the Telfer residence. She says, oh, a bunch of mumbo jumbo. And then Balkan says the very says same, the same thing. thing. Yeah. <laughs> so when Balkan's in the tower and he's reading from the, uh, the pages to summit, uh, this clip cues up right when he sees Depp. And uh, it'll end at a specific spot. So here we go. What? What were you expecting? An apparition? You're not wanted here, Mr. Corso. Leave. I'm the only apparition you'll see tonight. You'll find a check waiting at my New York office. Payment in full. You killed for those. They're worth more than money. Infinitely more. But they happen to be mine, not yours. You know something, Corso? In spite of our differences, I have a soft spot for you. I'm touched. We have something in common, you and I. We share the same passion. You've developed the same obsession, haven't you? Unfortunately for you, only one of us is destined to fulfill it. You're out of your depth. I'm not leaving here empty-handed. Don't even think about it. Stand aside. I credited you with more finesse. You heard me stand back. Put that away. It's not just style. (laughs) 
found your proper niche at last. I like that. Now, you can watch. I'm entering uncharted territory, taking the road that leads to equality with God. can't come with me. I must travel alone, but you may look on and marvel. It's very kind of you. Indeed, it is. There have been men who have been burned alive or disemboweled for just a glimpse of what you are about to witness. I give you my allegiance, Master. I pledge myself to you, body and soul. Let me fear neither noose, nor fire, nor poison. Erase me from the Book of Life. Inscribe me in the Black Book of Death. Admit me to the Ninth Gate. Let it be so. Let it be so. through me like an electric current, rendering me capable of any feat of mind or body. I'm invulnerable. I'm invincible. <laughs> I could float on air. I could walk on water. Behold, I plunge my hands in fire. I feel no heat. <laughs> That's just great. Give us another one. So it kind of ends there. My computer went a little wonky. But when he's doing, I feel nothing. I feel nothing. He's, he basically dumps like kerosene all over himself, mm-hmm. lights himself on fire, and then the fire is creeping up his creeping body. Up he's and like, he's, this is great. great. And then he realizes this is not so great, Oops. and he dies. No, yeah. Uh, uh, he, at, at one point, so when he comes out and they fight for the gun, because he and yeah. Johnny Depp had a gun in his coat that the girl had put yeah. in there for him. Um, when, when they're struggling and he falls through the floor, it's a Johnny Depp stunt double. And it looks real bad because if you go oh, yeah. back and watch it, like the guy's trying to struggle, and you can see the toupee shifting <laughs> on his head, oh, and man. the bone structure is off. Like I, I didn't even realize it, that. It, it, it's, it's, it's only about three seconds of it. You know, <laughs> okay. when he falls through, he's like, rrr, rrr. Um, he bursts into flames. Then Depp pretty much escapes. Well, he shoots him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. He as he's walking out, he's the guy's screaming. He's screaming, and yeah. then Depp takes yeah. mercy. Falcon and becomes him. fully engulfed. He realizes. 
oh shit, Fuck. I fucked up. You yeah. know, so he yeah. starts screaming and he's like, oh, well, cl- and, clearly and, one of the engravings was a forgery. Yeah. He so Depp goes, he collects, set. he collects the grave, the engravings, the, the pieces of paper that have been ripped out of the book now. Yeah. He collects them and he goes back gra- to his car. grabs the gun and he goes to go upstairs. He's hearing him and you see oh, him yeah. like, this is what you get. You know, he has like yeah. a face on, but then he, but it was almost he, like a pity. It he, was like, he hesitates. I'm just going to end it. And he goes, him. I can't leave him like this. Yeah. And then he shoots him while he's on fire. I don't know if it was so much a mercy killing. It, as was, much it was a mercy. It, it, as much as it was, he's just like, mm, you deserve like, this. Well, he's hesitant because he's got to. If he deserved it, he should just let him burn to death. Yes. Well, I suppose. But he's also, he, it, it, he, well, he already killed. But, it, it's yeah. on his face. If, if yeah. there was any good acting by Johnny Depp, it was in this scene. This is easily one of his best roles, I think. I, it's I a, I, I, this is a great movie. I mean, we'll duck it. We'll rate it in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, he goes back to the car, and he's just sitting there, like, watching the flames taking over the tower mm-hmm. and the girls in the car. So he kind of is like, what yeah, the fuck? Yeah, freaks him out. He's like, fuck. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, they talk a little bit more, and then we have probably the only scene I remember from this movie. Yeah, I don't oh, yeah, they, they talk just, at all. Just, I think she starts kissing him. Yeah. This is where we get that awkward makeout that Johnny Depp's like, uh, again, yeah. yeah. And, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I didn't see I, it that way. I have a little clip of it, so they start having. Of them making out? No, it's a, it's a little bit of, of them boning. Yeah, it's a bit of the music. It's a bit of the music, and it, <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> so yeah. Uh, Winona, she, they, I mean, they, they, get, they get out of the car and they start. Uh, she starts riding him outside of the inferno. Yeah, best sex this guy's ever had, which in his looks entire life. just like the engraving with the woman riding the beast. The beast. So this mm. is completing the path, guiding with it all Lucifer yeah, home. With the fire mm-hmm. and. Uh, as she's like riding him and he's just having the best orgasm of his life, her face is morphing a little bit. Like yeah. her eyebrows change. Like she could be like different women. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. she's a different woman. And I, here's just a kind of a little clip sure of the is. music. And there's like the climax moment. Oh where yeah, Depp certainly is his load. Climax for sure. I want to hear this music when I'm at my vinegar strokes. <laughs> And love explosion. Yeah, hold on. There's, there's, <laughs> there's a little scene after this while they're driving. Is that it? Is the game over? For Balkan, yes. Not for you. Why didn't it work for Balkan? The ninth engraving was a forgery. Where's the real one? I want it. You're running low on gas. So they stop for gas. He gets out at a shell. That's shell. why I was like, seeing the oh, shell okay, stop. All right. Pumps it. Uh, he goes into the store. It, yeah. And then when he comes back Hell out. Oh, yeah, he pumps it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll find out. He puts it right in there. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, no protection. Just, uh. He's talking about the gas. He's raw dog in a fucking fallen angel. So, he oh, puts oh, the gas. Oh, oh, just right, just right. lubing it with petrol. <laughs> uh, so... He come, he goes to pay. He comes back out. She's not there, but in the in his windshield wiper is is the fake, um, uh, the, the the fake the forgery. Yeah, yeah the, the forgery, and it has the the brothers named on it. Brothers. The Sinisa brothers. Sinisa. So he goes back to the Sinisa brothers in Spain, and when he walks in, they're gone. All the mm-hmm. books are done. There's like a, two guys that are moving all the shit away, and he's just looking around. He's looking around, and they're <clears throat> they're taking off like this giant books case that you see um that they were stacking mm-hmm. beforehand 
And when they tilt the bookcase down, they're like, move away, move away. Mm-hmm. And then they take it down, a piece of paper falls off the top of the bookshelf and floats down from the fucking heavens right. and lands at his feet. And it's yep. and it's it's the perfect page that was taken out of the book. Yep. So it's funny that the Corso brothers are like, oh, forging is very Sinise difficult. Brothers. The Sinise brothers are very difficult. Yeah, very yeah. difficult. They're the ones this. that did it. And it takes masters it. to yeah. pull that Because yeah. they, they are also agents of whatever... They didn't want people. You know, now the, their forces. names are Pablo and Pedro. Yeah, uh, Sinitza. Yeah, Sinitza. Paul and Peter. So these are oh, a snap. direct relation oh, nice. to, to okay. Christ, who supposedly were the protectors of the knowledge of Christ. Okay. Uh, after he had, you know, cast left Lucifer us. Out. You know, I'm just gonna uh, let I'm gonna I'm gonna let you do the oh my god. Oh, oh my god. There we oh, go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Nice. That was Good straight, dude. man. That was real. That was real, authentic. Uh, Pop and, copy. and also, uh, just to go back to. How much I love these guys and how uh, I I immediately connected them to the Cheshire Cat character, yeah, yeah, yeah. just like the Cheshire Cat. When you have that moment of revelation, poof, he's gone. You know, yeah. he, he disappears from the that's, story. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And those two dudes he ran into <laughs> that were cleaning the place were them in a different form. It was the same same actor who played the the Sinisa brothers. But was it? Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, oh I didn't. They did a great job. Yeah, they, they sure did. <laughs> yeah, packing up their stuff. Because the one, away. the one was smoking, and the other one had his back to him, wasn't smoking. Uh, only this time, he said, "I don't, I don't speak English." But it's, it's those same two. I'm guessing they're part of that, that group of angels that fell, and they, with Homegirl, were trying to guide dude through the path to get him back home. Yeah. So he sees the relief, and he realizes that it, the big picture of what uh, enlightenment was. He sees that uh, the the difference between this relief and the forgery is that in this relief, she's holding the book and she's holding the pages. Yeah. And she's pointing, I think she's pointing to the castle. And there's like a. And the castle has the shining star. The shining star. Yeah. And he, he pieces it all together. Mm-hmm. And the very end of it is him walking up to the castle and, and the light shining light. through. And then, bam. Credits. Credits. I wrote down credits because it literally happens that fast. Um. Yeah, so I mean the this uh this movie um for a person who is not so inclined to uh know about all this esoteric stuff yeah, and, I, I think and you guys get a in, lot more insight into it than, yeah, than a, a person who's not yeah. uh, initiated into that realm uh, I think is going to look at this movie and be like sucked, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> Especially at a that lot ending. of people think that this is mindedly anticlimactic, but it, you know it is anticlimactic. I mean, he does climax. I mean, it has its peaks and valleys, but the ending is yeah. pretty, pretty ab- a kind of abrupt. Yeah. Um, it's two hours and 13 minutes. I forgot to say that before. Yeah. Um, what did you guys, you guys want to rate it? I sure do. Because uh, Rios wants to take it away. I do, but I do have a lot more to talk about okay. on, on the movie before we So, yeah. So, that's why, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rate it. Yeah. Uh, definitely I, I was torn between two and three, right? Okay. Because, uh, one, I just want to say I never saw this movie. Like I said, I think I put it on once and fell asleep mm-hmm. back, you know, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really knew nothing about it aside from it had Johnny Depp, Hell, and Super Sexy Girl flipping her hair back from the trailer. And so I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was really excited to get into it. And learning more about it, being a person who is initiated to that that world of of theology, which is yeah. my absolute jam, I immediately started seeing seeing things come through the movie. But also, I'm also watching it as 
a regular audience ma- member. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Roman Polanski did not do a good job putting that message through to the to the audience. For people who know where to look, yeah, yeah, we can find it. And for people listening to this episode, they're going to watch it and they're going to know where to see it. Yeah. But for the person just watching it for the first time and looking at it, it, he does not do a good job of relating that information to the audience, which I think is the whole purpose of doing a movie like this in the first place. You want people to go down a rabbit hole. But unfortunately, it's people who already know about the rabbit hole have been there who can appreciate the film and not necessarily people who are seeing it for the first time. Yeah. And I think he missed the mark on that. And also a lot of parts about the movie that were just poorly done. We talked about, I talked about this, but I kept bringing it up, special effects. It's a 20 year old movie, so. But there's a lot of 20 year old movies that do a great job. It's true. You know, so I mean, especially in the 2000 range. I yeah, mean, it's like the Matrix, dude. <laughs> yeah. And, and so like, yeah. like like I said, you know, people like, oh, it, it was a throwback to old, hey, right? It's a throwback to, um, <laughs> there's a, a wonderful scent hitting the that. devil's <laughs> lettuce. <laughs> The devil's lettuce. <laughs> uh, damn, I forgot my point because we got distracted. You, yeah. <laughs> that was real good. Wasn't it? You're talking about the special effects. Yeah, you, yeah. You were saying that, there you go. Yeah. Oh, people. Uh, the the one argument I saw about this was that people were like, "Oh, it was done on purpose to make it look that way, to be more akin to older movies, noir yeah. feel." Yeah. I don't buy it because <laughs> there's ways to do it and have it translate well, and then there's other times where it it just looked like. Roman Polanski surprised his production team by being like, yeah, and then she floats down. And they're like, what? And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the scaffolding falls. And they're like, no, 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 no. That, that's not And they're like, well, we got to pull it off somehow. And then they threw it all together. And I think that yeah. comes off more of what this movie was doing instead of what it was supposed to be. I, I intensely feel this movie is worthy of a remake. And I nominate Aronofsky for going for it because he has. Yeah, I can see that. He Boy. has a great okay. talent. For bringing forth those meanings, and for okay. someone who doesn't know what's going on, he has a great talent for it. You wouldn't those think messages. he would have the same subtlety, like or or more subtlety, like because I, I think he has a, a like wonderful said, way of bringing that information <clears throat> to people. My, uh, either way, with that in mind, yeah. I was feeling three just because I myself love the journey that I went on with this. Yeah. But as far as really looking at it as a film and a movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's worth a two. Okay. You know, and uh, so that's what I'm doing. Two ducks from Chris right. Rios. Those quacks. I, uh, despite, uh, you know, some of the effects being <clears throat> less than great and, and they haven't aged well, you know, those sorts of things, notwithstanding, I still like it. I, uh, I, I, I like it immensely. It's one of those movies I saw when I was a kid and it stuck with me and I've, and I've loved it. Uh, and, and even even until now, and then watching it again last night, and then diving into all the little nuances and and picking out the symbolism, which I hadn't really like you know noticed before, I think it gives me a a, a better appreciation for it. And I do like those little nods to older styles of filmmaking. I really dig the the green screen and the matte painting. Um, I like the I like how it's very understated noir detective story and it doesn't lean too far into like jump scares or, or too many like elements that thrillers have where there's no substance. There's a whole lot of substance. There's stuff right under the surface. And uh I I, I don't know, I uh I feel like it does these this type of movie is the type of movie that like requires you to sit and watch it. None of the uh 
<clears throat> plot points are going to be spoon-fed to you. You really have to pay attention. It's a thinker's movie. And so uh, I'm, I got to give it four ducks. You know, it's not perfect because it is a little convoluted, you know, with the, there's a lot of, you know, jet setting here and there and going all this, all these different mm-hmm, places, mm-hmm. but <clears throat> it's a detective story essentially. And, uh, and I, I like the occult nature of it. I like shit that deals with like Christian and satanic mythology, uh, cause, cause it's grounded in, in a, a sense of realism for a lot of people. A lot of people like really do believe these sorts of things could happen. Uh, and because it has that close to home feeling, you know, uh, it makes me enjoy it a lot more. Biblical thrillers are always fun in that regard too. So yeah, four ducks for fish. I, I accept that man. Cool. Yeah. Solid points. Yeah. 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 And sometimes the aesthetic of it, even if it is bad, like it works for me. I, I like that sort of shit. Yeah, I agree with both of you. I, 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 I give it a solid four. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I was going to do 4.5, but I usually don't like doing halves. Uh, it's a solid four, and, and I agree with, with Chris on that, is that it's an art house movie that has like a, a top layer of art house, and there's so much underneath, but we don't get that underneath layered cake. It's just covered in frosting, and, and you know, <laughs> you put your finger in it, and you're like, oh, there's something else there, but you never yeah. really got to see it. Um, I, I think it's a great movie. I hadn't seen it in years. I want to rewatch it. This is yeah. something I would rewatch probably every couple of years. I'd be like, oh, I'm going to yeah, put this yeah. on. I'll put um, it in my October the, collection. It, it's, it's not, I mean, the, the content is not dated. Yeah, the graphics are dated a little bit. It could be slow here and there, but I don't think there was any point in time uh, except for maybe like the Johnny Depp. Then he fall through the floor, and I saw like the fake <laughs> dude. Where I was removed from the, from being sucked into the movie, uh, it it held my attention very well, and so I, I'll give it four ducks. I think it's something that people would enjoy. Yeah, here, I'll, you know, what, guys, I'll throw in that pity duck. Let's give let's give it three. That pity duck, pity pity duck. From pity duck, give it three. All right. All right, all right. <clears throat> well, I don't really think I have much more to say about it. I do want to shout out our sponsor over at uh, Copper Fox Tattoo Company. Mm-hmm. Go check them out. They're not open up yet, but uh, Barrel Bong Su has a lot of paintings for sale. Hit them up on Twitter at Copper Fox, yes, uh, or I'm sorry, at, at Instagram at Copper Fox Tattoo Company, and they also have T-shirts and stickers available. Uh, so, uh, and when when they get up and rolling, go see them for your tattoo needs. I think Chris had a couple more things. Oh, did you? Oh, I'm sorry. This is going to be a long episode. I think this is going to push the <laughs> two and a half hour mark. Really well, do I, got I, a bunch I, I, of I, I do want to talk about some of the things. Oh, I'm sorry, I got to the mic. I do want to talk about some of the things I did like about the movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, particularly because um, you guys are right. There was a lot of great things that happened. It did keep your attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, I, I love the overall symbolism of the movie. I love a good rabbit hole, and this movie definitely does that for you. So, listening to this podcast, if you Love going down rabbit holes, and you were really enticed. There's ten times more than what we covered inside this movie. Oh my god, yeah. Uh, and I really loved one of the things this movie did well was portray that culture of books. Yeah. You know that that culture yeah. of of really appreciating an, an aged book and, and mm-hmm. how important it is. And I thought that that did very very well. And also, and and this is just my own personal thing. Uh, because I have a podcast centered around it, yeah. but I loved how all of the characters were focused on their ego. You yeah, know, like Depp, Depp was very much like, you know, yeah, I'm that sly fox. People, you don't know whether to trust me or not. Yeah, and I and, and I really loved that he did that. And people knew Balkan. People knew the Baroness. They yeah. had a reputation, and I thought that was very romantic to see. Whenever you know they, they get hint at each other, like, 
oh, you must be working for Balkan or yeah. or there's that. Everybody knows Balkan. Yeah. You know? yeah, everybody, everybody had like a drive. There was there was no. I mean, the, the Dean character kind of waffled here and there because he didn't know what he was doing, but everybody had a goal in mm-hmm. mind the yeah. entire and, and time. And it's just very much linked to uh, a story of, you know, of of king players, you know, people who who are, are key points of the story. Yeah. And, and it's like everybody knew of They're really other. well-defined. Yeah, and I thought that was a very nice path. And, of course, the Sneetza brothers loved them. Uh, I will watch this movie again just to, to watch that <laughs> yeah. scene again because they're just incredibly charming. <laughs> when they start uh, laughing behind his mustache. Yeah, I wrote this, uh, you know, that all the characters, instead of wearing their heart on their sleeves, they wore their ego on their sleeves. Yeah. You know, and it was very well seen. Uh, things I didn't like, we talked about, you know, uh, the special effects, of course. Uh, definitely worth a remake. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, I never considered that. That would be This would be a decent remake. Yeah, it would be a great remake. And uh, yeah, and I, I just felt it, it missed the mark for for people who were trying to get something out of this movie. Yeah. For, sorry, if I don't you, think if, your casual film goer is going to enjoy. Yeah, it. so you're a casual film goer. You watch this movie. You're seeing this, but the build up is sucked. great. The build up is great. You're like, oh, this is leading to something, and then it, it is a little it, disappointing. It, it, er, everything kind of gets pushed into five minutes at the end, and for someone who's not knowing that this was supposed to be about mm-hmm. enlightenment. Mm-hmm. Because this whole time you're you're being told this is about summoning the devil, and then to realize oh it's a movie about achieving enlightenment, and then depth just disappears into a ray of light. People, yeah, I can see people being like, "What just happened? Where was the devil? We were so close to the devil." Well, it was him. I think that's my interpretation. Uh, also, mm-hmm. I, you make a good point about well, I don't know if you made a point about pacing, but uh, especially the 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 kind of less than stellar ending. If they had immediately gone from him chasing Balkan mm-hmm. out of that chateau directly to the castle, that probably would have been, because there was a lot of like uh, action, a lot of uh, energy right there at and that last it, part after he dips. killed uh, Liana. And, and the music and, is and even it, like... And then they spend about five minutes of him fucking stopping for a baguette. Yeah. You know, drinking some wine. Drinking some wine. And then he hitchhikes to the place. like a day in the life of Johnny Depp. And then he just saunters into the castle. So yeah, if they had gone directly from you know, him killing Liana, taking the book, Johnny Depp chasing him, and then catching up with him at the place where he's trying to conduct the ritual, that would have probably gave that third act that that, mm, that energy that and that pacing that kept it yeah kept it going, that tempo. Because it, it kind of fell off a little bit. Now, being a fan of theology myself, mm-hmm. there was more to this movie uh, that struck me with, with great emotion and, yeah. and, and great vigor. And... For me, I, I'm really excited about it, but even even still, I have to explain it to you guys in order yeah. for you to see how much I appreciate it. Okay. Because relatively, just talking about the movie like we did, the points that I'm about to make don't translate. And okay. so you really have to be like, oh, wow, that, that's really amazing. So are you guys familiar with Gnosticism at all? A little bit. Not too much. Okay. So Gnosticism uh, was a branch of, of religion or faith, which uh, stemmed from the time, like the immediate time after Christ was crucified and died. Mm-hmm. So you had all these followers of Christ that were laying around, but the thing is, nothing was written about Christ until like a thousand years later. Okay, you know, so you had a lot of word of mouth about what Christ did on this world and his teachings. And of course, playing the telephone game, this yeah. splintered off into many different things. Yeah, Gnosticism is the umbrella that kind of covers all of that. Okay, yeah. now within Gnosticism, it's based off of three. 
non-canonical books of the Bible. Okay. So you have the Gospel according to Thomas, the Gospel according to Judas, the Nagamati texts, um, the Dead Sea Scrolls, things like this that have been discovered after the Bible has been written. And then theologists go, hey, we should look at this. But, of course, the Roman Catholic Church goes, no, 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 no. Yeah. We're not going to look at that. That's not canon. Uh, the Bible's the Bible, and we don't. That, that's just all fake. Uh, it's like the Catharism. They, yes. were, they were Gnostic. Yeah, Catharism were, were, were Gnostics. Yeah. Uh, Catharism, pardon me. Oh, Catharism. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce it. <clears throat> Catharism. And, uh, Catheter? Ca- cath- catheters? <laughs> the faith of catheters. <laughs> It's uh, necessary but painful. Yeah, <laughs> Father, the Son, and the Holy Penis. <laughs> so you have uh, you have Gnosticism, and and the big thing about Gnosticism, one of the main keys that that are that are taught is that faith is between you, the individual, and God, and no one else can tell you. Mm-hmm. Which is why most of the Gnostics or people following within this faith line were brutally murdered by the Roman Catholic Church yeah. when they were up and coming and chose to seize Christ as their head figure. Uh, and so Gnosticism has a different take on the the Bible, which is, and this is where a lot of people who are like, Christ is my Lord and Savior, and they're like really happy about it. Not dishing on any of those people out there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, this is where people of, of that solid faith uh, get angry at this note of Gnosticism. But really, it's flipped upside down. So the serpent in the Garden of Eden was not Lucifer. It was... Right. It was another being. He didn't show up until the New Testament. No, he didn't show up until the New Testament at all. Uh, Lucifer is just another euphemism for what this being is. And so what happened, uh, you know, at the start of the universe, God split up into, you know, God created the sound, all this other stuff was happening, but he split himself into different aspects. The lowest aspect being wisdom. Uh, Wisdom taking on the name Sophia, uh, which is called an aeon. Now, wisdom without being... Uh, given a, a cycle of understanding, uh, decided to split away from from God, and in doing so, she caused what is translated to an abortion. Almost, she mm-hmm. she created something that wasn't supposed to be, or or a failure of life. And okay. so, this other creation uh, is what is called Yaldabaoth, or uh, what we know as Yahweh in the Old Testament. Okay, it's a very materialistic God who creates a world uh, from this new power that he, that he received from his mother, Sophia, uh, being directly linked to the, the Godhead. He takes his power and creates his physical war- world and realizes that this power is not his. So he has to tr- figure out a way to trap the power. So he creates, uh, to trap the power in the physical realm, so he creates Adam and Eve. Okay. And within Adam and Eve, you have the soul. You have this light. This, this original light belongs to something else. And... To get this light back from Adam and Eve, Sophia goes into the garden as a snake. Okay. And so the snake appears at this tree, and God warns them, whatever you do, don't go near this goddamn tree. Yeah. You know, stay away from this tree. Be happy in this world I made for you. Don't fucking touch anything. And, of course, they're tempted to go to the tree of knowledge. Sophia is there, appearing as a snake, as a serpent, uh, eating its own tail, you know, and goes, hey... He doesn't want you to realize your true potential on earth. And what you need to do is follow what I tell you uh-huh. and feed off this tree of knowledge. And in doing so, you will understand your true nature in this universe. And the, the books and the movie, I mean, really, the knowledge. <laughs> yes, the there, knowledge. And that, that's yeah. what coincides with that. It's like Promethean. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. And so you have um, Sophia giving knowledge to humans. Okay. You know, very, very Promethean. Yeah. And the knowledge is that this God that is trying to keep you in this physical realm is not the real God. And even still, if you look at, you know, uh, Old Testament and New Testament, you yeah. go from God being very vengeful and murdering and smite and being a real dick yeah. uh, to in the New Testament with the coming of Christ, who is uh, reportedly through Gnosticism, Sophia's other half, because in the creation of the Godhead, when he made his manifestations, they were made equal feminine and masculine energies. Mm -hmm. And so Sophia had a masculine energy that was still with God when she came to the physical realm. And when Christ came back to this realm, he was the masculine energy to Sophia's feminine. Okay. And so with Sophia, with wisdom, Christ taught everybody of the true God. Okay. And so knowing the true God, knowing enlightenment, you can ascend past the physical material realm and reach back to the Godhead. Okay. Now, this is where Yahweh, Yahweh the Old Testament God, was like, uh-uh, I don't like that. And you have them very much setting up a system to keep the soul trapped on earth. And you have uh, the nine gates, which is similar to Dante's nine circles of hell. Mm -hmm. As above, so below. You have yeah. all these things that, that, yeah, that, that play into uh, alchemy. Yeah. And so you have, uh, you know, aside from the hell realms, you have higher realms of nine uh, ascension realms, nine gates moving upward. And so you have what is guarding them is what's called the archons, which are the archangels yeah. created by Yaldabaoth. Right. And you have to keep moving past the archons to reach Sophia, which is on the outer circle, the ninth circle, the tenth circle, to reach above and beyond. Someone's chief in some fucking mm -hmm. dang, dang. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And hopefully it doesn't bore you guys. But no, this is, no, no, no. Uh, when, when, you, when you know this knowledge and you look back at the movie, you can look at it and say, oh, the mystery girl isn't Lucifer. And she's right. not an archangel. The mystery girl is Sophia. Okay. She is knowledge. I, and, I, and she that's is, great, yeah. yeah. I had she, the idea that maybe she's Lilith. I don't know. That's an interpretation one could take. But I, 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 like the, I, I think like I'm the, digging yours more. I like yeah. the Sophia thing. And, you know, it's it's... By diving into these these this movie and mm -hmm. doing this as as your listeners out there is is to go out and and watch this movie and yeah. and and dive into the research that Chris is talking about dive in the research that Zach was mentioning and we we want you guys to go out there and do that because that's what movies do is is you just don't look at something facial you know yeah. that, that's just uh, <laughs> that's one dimension. And uh, I, I, we're gonna have to wrap it up. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've got a, I got a dinner. I have to go Sorry. to. <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, I want to thank Chris Rios for being on the podcast. Uh, uh, yeah, the Rios Verse. Make sure you check that out. Thank you. Riosverse yeah. com, I believe, right? Yep, Riosverse com. And yeah. uh, the Paper Crowns I, podcast is within that's that. That's it. Paper Crowns podcast. Uh, Zach was just on it recently, so was I. Yeah. Uh, so look out for those. We're not sure what the next movie is going to be. We'll probably do another poll. Yeah. Um, but we want everyone to stay safe and uh, be happy. Watch a movie. Go outside. Enjoy the fresh air. Enjoy your summer. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for having me on, guys. Of course. I love you guys. Thank man. you, man. I love the show. One quick uh, shout out to our patrons. Thanks again for your support. D-Rock, Krisky, Shea Money, Gina Bobina, Voy Pronto, Cinemantha, Patty, Rios, yeah. Samwise, and Stripes. We love you guys. Thanks again. Mm -hmm.